a beautiful way to start. Um, my name is Ruben. We are back today with another episode. Like I said, every Friday or Saturday or whenever the fuck I feel like it. Um, this is Below the Roof. I have once again another awesome guest, um, which today is the 21st night of September. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, <laughs> no better way to start off the night. I'm glad I have you here and introduce yourself. My name is Chris. I'm like just gonna go that far. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Know you from work. Yes. Yeah. Thought, um, thought you were a DJ, and it turns out I was correct. Yep. It turns out I was correct. <laughs> Still a learning uh, DJ, but good enough. Um, nah, man. But I'm glad I have you here. Uh, we never got a chance to really connect. I never really rode with you. I yeah. didn't get a chance to get to know you as a person. Um, which is the main reason why I have something like this, because without this, it's kind of hard to do that. Uh, yeah. I got to know you. This didn't happen if it wasn't for Sean. Yeah, this is just days ago. This is Mr. Silberman. And we're, if it wasn't for him. text buddies. Now we are. <laughs> but no, dude, this, this is awesome. I, I love that this happened and um, grateful for him. So a shout out to him if he listens to this. Thanks again for having this happened. And... He, before he left, he did say that so far he was the best guest ever. So uh, we're gonna have to change this shit up. I have extra whiskey today. Okay, and you're well. just gonna be kicking back, hanging out, and um, let we'll let's let's start off with this. Why why isn't there a glass on your side of the table? <laughs> well, the quote, uh, my old buddy Sam, little Sam J. Uh, you might have heard of him, uh, usually known as Sam Jackson. Just kidding, mm. I don't actually know that guy. Now, the, you know what he says in Pulp Fiction? I had a bad experience. Yeah. That became my go-to. Uh, <laughs> I used to drink like a fucking fish, right? So, mm. um, to give you a brief timeline. Oh, first, you know, before I forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is being a podcast. I was waiting for the podcast to start to give yeah. you this present. Oh, thanks. This is a special kind of lotion to up your jack game, all right? Oh, shit, yeah, all right. set the tone for this, I'll by do the way. That. But it has caffeine in it. Oh, sweet. I'm not kidding, so... Is this really a gift, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, really? My massage therapist gives them to me because they, they have these things called boosts where I go, and uh, they'll Ooh, use that shit. But she doesn't like using me. that stuff, so she just gives me the whole bottle anytime they add it to my thing. So it's just the, it's just regular lotion, you but it has caffeine in it. You didn't put any of your special sauce in here, right? Nah, dude. <laughs> just a little bit of cum. I Just mean, come on, bit. I gotta add my flavor. You have to. Yeah. No, this But one, no, it, it does good. have caffeine in it, though. And uh, if you put it, like, on your arms and shit, like, yeah. it feels like you do get a kind of weird buzz from it. So I don't know. Go for it if you think it'll work. Let's try but it I can only imagine, I'm sure, jerking off you see God. You break through <laughs> to the other side of that stuff. You might fucking hurt your drywall or That's something. Been up. <laughs> Wipe on the hands. Let's see what happens later. Yeah, all right. Let's get I'm weird, dude. A, I'll take my ring off. And I'll fucking I'll rock some oh, yeah. real quick. I'm drinking a bunch of whiskey, so that's gonna bring me down. This caffeine's gonna bring me up. Right. We'll start rubbing it on our necks and shit. And oh, rubbed, dude, look straight to the gourd. You don't even know. I'm already <laughs> patting it on the fatness already. <laughs> Let's get this shit started. All right. So yeah, brief timeline. So I grew up in a town called Dubuque, Iowa. Right, and it's um little river town on the Mississippi, mm-hmm. um overlooks uh. Wisconsin and Illinois, right? So it's like where all those states meet on the river. Yeah. And um, so growing up in Iowa, that's a huge factory. T- well, it's primarily a factory town, rural, a lot of middle class at best. You know, there's not really rich people there or anything. I think about 58,000 is population now. 
But uh, yeah, it's a heavy drinking town. And I know a lot of people like to say, oh yeah, where I grew up was crazy, man. These dudes drink like fish, whatever. But I mean, it's dangerous bad there. Like it's, you start drinking early. It's like people, yeah, it's brutal. We we used to like output uh, Munich, Germany and like per capita alcoholics and all this kind of crazy beer consumption, all this per, you know, per person and stuff. Mm-hmm. That being said, that's just the way I thought you drank. You know, I thought that's the way you got to good. So I didn't really discover uh, alcohol until later. You know, I was actually around 21. I mean, I got drunk a couple times here and there. Who doesn't sneak a little Before that. Yeah, fuck around with stuff. But um, it is after all the actual gateway drug. Let's call it what it is. It's not fucking... Yeah. Caffeine, maybe. Sugar and caffeine. And then it's yeah. fucking alcohol. And then, the you know, the better shit. But <laughs> yeah, so long story short, I had, I had gotten to a point where I was living in Austin, right? So um, after, you know, kind of getting... I just brought up the Dubuque thing to let you know. Like, that's kind of where I grew up. Like, people yeah. were just have PhDs and fucking, you know, cirrhosis of the liver and shit. And, <laughs> uh, when I got to Austin, you know, I was right at that prime age where, uh, just gotten out of the army. I look like a fucking Adonis, you know, like I look kind of like a frat boy to be honest with you, you know, but my interest in things put me in weird places, but, uh, I partied a lot with people and I lived in this like punk rock house and shit got weird. Uh-huh. But, um, so, you know, over the years after I've moved out from like living in a house with a bunch of dudes and got met my wife and everything turned into not having a reason to go downtown and go see, you know, go to bars and whatnot. I started drinking alone because it just kind of happens when you get older, you know, yeah. I'm 40 now. So dude, you're 40. Yeah. 40. Dude, you look fucking great for 40. Oh yeah. Really? Maybe yeah. because you haven't been drinking. Yeah, probably it might be it. <laughs> no, dude, but you surprised me right now. But yeah, so I started drinking at like, I said, like I said, right around 21, 20, yeah. 21. Uh, when I was in the army, actually. So and you've been with your wife for already 19 years? No, I've been with, I met my wife in 2005. So this is early, t- I moved to Austin in 2001. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got it. Got yeah, it. so, in fact, the timeline went a little weirder. So September 11th happened three months, no, two and a half months after I got out of the army from yeah. my, my honorable discharge. So, yeah, I, oh, I could have got called back and everything, but I had already planned on moving to Austin and you know, whatever. But yeah, so in Austin, like I said, I um, before the show, we were getting pushed kind of further and further out of the city population because it's getting too expensive to live there. And I found myself living way out in the suburbs. And we went to a Christmas party, um, drinking with some friends at this Christmas party. We just, it literally just two blocks down the street, even though we lived out kind of in the country. And uh, I must have had too many, too much margarita mix. Or well, tequila rather, but yeah, it was like yeah. I was drinking a bunch of margaritas and everything was fine. But then like we start shooting some of the tequila because they had all these like really nice and yehos and stuff, all this blue, sh- you know, the blue bottles and stuff. It was like yeah. you know, I can. You're drinking a margarita, bottles. but you have side shots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my Spanish is okay, but it's like I'm reading the labels barely, you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> and uh, so I was uh, doing shot for shot with one of them, and then next thing I know, waking up in the fucking emergency room. Right? Fuck. Yeah. IVs in me, tube down my throat, all that shit. They're pumping them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Damn. turns out my wife, I, I had a problem with blacking out. That was the problem. I was getting bad about Were it. Were you blacking out early? Yeah, see, the thing was, is like, I didn't black out and get angry. I wasn't like a mean drunk or anything. That's still good I would just, I'd just get blinky and weird and I'd talk. I'd, you know, you just, I was more of a happy-go-lucky drunk. Like, because yeah. I only ever wanted to get into drinking to have fun. You know, it wasn't something yeah, I ever yeah. felt like I had to do. But when I felt... You know, like the the pressure of being unemployed at the time and all this other shit was going on. Oh no, I get you. Yeah, it was getting bad because I played disc golf all day and then like drink 
all day playing yeah. disc golf for like I'd, t- I'd play three rounds by myself and then walk back to the house because reality like just didn't yeah. reality which is not there yeah and I'd been doing that earlier in the day and you know it's Austin Texas I can't it was Christmas but it was you know the weather wasn't you know great whatever but yeah and then uh, like I said I guess my wife tried to get me home and I just basically collapsed when I was walking in the house and she thought I hit my head and I did scrape my face up real bad but she thought I hit my head real real hard yeah and uh so she had to call the ambulance to come get me because um, I wasn't puking. I also had a problem with not puking. I never oh, puked that's it the up. problem. Yeah, that's yeah. Because I got problem. it's debatable how much is really in there, and I'm not going to give the CIA all my fucking genes and stuff. Even yeah, probably have it from the army, so it's not. But the poison can't there. stay in you. But either. I'm not going to do that 23andMe thing because I do apparently have Native American blood in me. Well, that's so dope. If you depending on who you believe, my dad's out of the family, right? Yeah. But it's it might be we we thought it used to be more than it actually might actually be, but who knows? It's that side of the family's got real bad addiction problems, and oh, to be shit. fair, the you know my mom's side has some too. But so you do think that for sure it passed it along to you? Yeah, but it wasn't. I never, like I said, I never felt like I was addicted ever, and I was never addicted to anything else. I never started smoking cigarettes or anything, you know. Yeah, but we. Uh, but you had tried it, and you were just like, "Nah, not my thing." No, not really. Never really enjoyed no. it. No, I probably I took one puff when I was nine. I was like, "This is nasty." Nah, it's fucking bullshit. I could, well, I mean, I used to watch my dad roll joints and stuff, so cigarettes uh, never okay. impressed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fast cigar on yeah, the side you, somewhere. You know, you want to impress me, like you know, roll up a little piece of opium in that and blow my mind. And go, whoa, that's different. You, you know, like, shit in LCD. <laughs> never seen that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't really like to get wet. You know? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but I had uh, just heard of that term recently. Oh, for real. So I'm glad you said it because yeah. that's pretty funny. Well, uh, that I can tell you about my my one experience with that um, is actually about the year you were born. <laughs> Not that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I just I woke up in the emergency room. Turned out like you know I just blacked out. And um, what was really bad is you know I can I carry conceal handgun right. I had the license for it and everything. Do you have it on and you I, right now? I had it on me at the time. So at the time oh, I'm sitting okay, there okay. like drunk off my ass but I'm in my house I collapsed on the front door of my house right so I'm technically on my property and my wife forgot to tell them and they saw it on me but I don't I never kept it low like chambered right you know I just even though it's like the safest thing though is you're in Texas yeah, but it's... you're not dead because you were in Texas. That no, shit no, no, would have no, happened no. in LA, no, the big I was, city. I was collapsed in the suburbs of Austin, Texas, in literally like Michael Dell. In like, I'm not even kidding you. Jesse James lived down the street. Fucking yeah. Sandra Bullock had a house up the road. It was yeah. uh, my neighbor literally fucking flew a helicopter all the time <laughs> back and forth from his house. Yeah, yeah. it was funny. a it was a nice neighborhood. So. We were more in the steerage in a you know a nice only like a five hundred thousand dollar house, but yeah, <laughs> probably worth way more now because that yeah. place is blowing up. But anyway, yeah, it's what I found myself you know waking up in this fucking emergency room, and I never, never fucking woke up the next day after drinking and ever had like a hangover before. Like yeah. I never really got into that. I would puke a little bit, but I never really felt brutal. And uh, they're asking me, do you know who you are? Do you know where you're at? And I'm like, of course I know where I'm at. And I just was super embarrassed. I felt like such that's a big fun. ass. Because I'd been used to waking up and having to apologize for dumb shit I said, you know. But this was the end. Like, I knew this is my drinking days were over. And that was and a, one of the many that had happened. No, that was the first time anything that bad had ever happened. Oh, I, that I had bad. been plenty drunk many times before my But wife. nothing like that. Yeah, nothing that bad. That was brutal. And it, what it... It scared my wife and it made me feel terrible what it put her through and I felt like the biggest asshole. We got lucky because her mom happened. She We lived with her mom at the time, which made it really bad. I had my first blackout experience and I didn't know that 
blackout was a real thing. Oh, you didn't? I just thought it was like <laughs> like a fake thing. But see, my blackout wasn't like yours, or maybe you had something like that similar. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into too many details because yeah, I yeah. talked about it before. Right. But my blackout wasn't like I'm out and then now I'm up. For me, yeah. it was like a movie. It was like cut scenes in between. <laughs> so one minute I'm in the bathroom washing my hands. Did I get abducted by aliens? One minute, <laughs> one minute I'm washing my hands, and then the next minute I'm getting walked out, and then everything goes black. I yeah. open my eyes, and I'm in a car. I yeah. close my eyes. I open them again, and I'm in the There's bathtub a with my underwear. Oh, dude, I wish. I would have just made it that much better. You wake better. up, and your friend's got a hot dog in his hand, and you hope that's what just touched you. <laughs> I lips. hope it's a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, nah, dude, when, when that shit happened, I was just like, fuck, this is real. I don't like this feeling. Yeah. And I think the biggest fear, the biggest scare for me that my parents put on my head, because it happened when I was with them, Ew. they said, um, this happened with family, and you're lucky that it did. Because yeah. if it would have happened anywhere else, you who knows what they could have done to you yeah. or her. Right. And at that point, I was just like, fuck, Bad. dude. Yeah. So That's a wake-up call right there. Yeah. If, <laughs> I, if I drink to... I'm not, I don't want to drink to that point. I had like 13 shots. Mm. Probably a little less What's than this. What's your lucky number, bro? I know. Look, oh, yeah. I'm thinking about <laughs> it now. It was like this much. And yeah. it was an open bar at my sister's birthday last november uh, and they were just trying to get rid of drinks so they were filling up these and i had like 13 of those and i blacked out and i was oh yeah that'll dying. do it that'll yeah that'll do, do it for it. sure so at that point i was just like i can't do this shit anymore yeah but hearing your side it's at that obviously yeah, never happened here's to the me. kicker you want to know what my blood alcohol level was uh um, take a wild guess 2.7 higher yeah fuck 4.8 Damn. I should have been dead. That's what I was about to say. Should have been dead. At that point, it's you're dead. Yeah. And what's crazy is I I am ninety-nine percent sure that I remember the last drink I probably had. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I tended to not keep drinking after I was in the blackout point, you know what I mean? So I don't think I had more alcohol than I've had before. It wasn't like a I've had more before than that. That's the nutty thing. Happened. So who fucking knows how much I've had? Like before, you know what I mean? Other times, yeah. I yeah. guess it's one of those things where, like, if you have the right amount of food and grease in your stomach, or I some don't know, shit. something just clicked that night. But it's a good thing it did, because you know, like I said, it was Christmas. I didn't know if I told you it was Christmas no. Eve that this happened. So I was waking up on Christmas fucking morning in the. Congratulations! I, I fucked up Christmas bad. <laughs> that sucks yeah, more. Santa Claus delivered me sobriety. Merry Christmas! <laughs> hey, it was Merry and then Christmas. Took all my friends. That was the other part. That was Fuck. the real kicker. Yeah, because you got to remember too. I mean, I was in this crazy party scene and the punk rock scene and shit in austin like pretty that's heavy. your life oh yeah and all my friends except for a very select few were all made just from partying and hanging out and yeah. that was fine because it worked and we all hung out we're all tight as shit but, but then shit happens but then when i had not you know i didn't have a reason to go hang out it, yeah reality Those hit you fuckers just peeled off like you know Sometimes shit happens for the best, dude. You yeah, think, no, it's you, fine. You I get it now. I mean, I'm fine about it now. How is it with drinking now, though? I don't give a shit. No, you don't drink don't, at all? No, I don't. I haven't drank since then. How long has that been? Total. That was 2012. So that was Christmas of 2012. So it's been almost yeah. six years that you haven't drank. Yeah. Do you consider yourself sober? Sure, sober. Why not? Yeah. 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 But you didn't consider yourself an alcoholic? Well, here's the thing. No, no. Because to me... Um, I looked at it like, well, I've got a really crazy background, right? Like, uh, so I've always been in super con- like control of things, you know. So having a drink here in front of you does not make you uncomfortable at all. No, no. Okay, that's a cool thing. Because my dad was <laughs> drunk, alcoholic, no. DUIs, no. in jail, all kinds of fucked up. 
Yeah. But now he can make you a drink. Yeah. And he's okay with it. Uh-huh. So the story that you're telling me, it doesn't seem like you were an alcoholic. No. I don't no, see it was, you as... I was definitely more of what you would call a binge drinker, more yeah. likely. Yeah. And uh, quitting cold turkey the way I did, as much as I drank, if I were as truly addicted, I would have fucking died because I didn't drink again. I was going from fucking drinking pretty much a shit, like a handle of shitty vodka a week like that I had you know sitting somewhere and then or if, uh, at least like a, like Evan Williams was my jam green label mm-hmm. handle I'd kill at least one of those a week if not Fuck. a little bit more and then like I was drinking fucking Four Loco when I was playing disc golf and shit so. when Four Loco was yeah. the real shit yeah. when it was the it good ingredients fucking, yeah dude yeah yeah not yeah. now not I now. just my mimicked I, I when I found myself mimicking uh hobos and what they drink <laughs> yeah before i realized i i had to be gluten-free uh i was drinking steel reserve all the time you were like dude i, I'm drank, a bomb. I, I would drink almost i almost drank an entire uh what is it they came in 12 packs right of steel reserve and that shit's oh yeah. yeah i know what you're talking about that's how much i would drink dude so steel reserve 8.1 percent i think alcohol or whatever and you had a six pack and i don't know 12 pack oh shit 12 yeah. pack okay I, yeah i could Kill shit like that. I mean, the Olympic levels of shit we used to do at parties, like, I killed almost an entire box of uh, wine one time at, a like, an all-day party out of this rager we had out on a farm with, like, vehicles we're smashing into trees and lighting I shit just, on fire. I just found the love of whiskey. I haven't been able to find the mm. love of wine. Maybe I haven't been drinking the right no, wine. No. You gotta understand, this is day drinking, bro. Wine doesn't count. Right. <laughs> it's different. One yeah. wine good glass a day. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I want to try some. Put enough drinking stories. I got other cool shit to talk about if you want. But yeah, no, drinking's one sure. thing. But I just you know, yeah, it is. It's my fucking. Pa- I don't give a shit. Um, tell me what brought you here to the spring specifically? Because um, when you came, I'm pretty sure it was more than how many years ago? It was only about two and a half years ago. Oh, so yeah. I moved here right before Sean. I moved here right before Sean. Yeah. What brought you here? Well, um, so, you know, living in Austin, um, I bounced around at some different jobs and whatnot and plenty of, plenty of amassed things down there that I could talk about. But yeah, coming to the Springs was really more of a choice of my wife was originally from there, from Austin, and we wanted to get out of there because um, she had never lived anywhere else, even though she toured with her band, the Tuna Helpers. Um, cool. She had, they, they, they got pretty big. They were about to start touring Europe, dude. Before oh, shit. They broke, Does she yeah. have any music on YouTube? Oh, yeah. The Tuna Helpers are all over the fucking place on YouTube. How do you spell it? The Tuna Helpers, like T-U-N-A-H-E-L-P-E-R-S. Kind of like Hamburger Helper. Yeah, here you go. The hamburger Helper. Yeah, she's the piano player. Is slash, this it? Circus song? What's a yeah. good song? Um. Oh God! What is a really person? weird one? No, I don't know that. That one right there is that video right there is yeah. That's this a one? really old one. There you go. Yeah, you can do that one. The circus song's probably one of the creepier ones though, for sure. Creepy. I love that. We'll play it yeah. after. Just keep talking about yeah. that though. So, anyways, they um they broke up and stuff. So that was another reason we didn't go to the bars anymore. And I started drinking alone because we didn't. If she wasn't playing a show and. What's the point of drinking there? Might as well yeah, drink here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of and it was parking was getting fucking dumb down <laughs> in Austin. You know, that. that I mean, that's one of the that that's down. one of the main things is that me living in LA pretty much all my life except the last I'm couple months. Uh, or you don't go downtown. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, Austin is one of the main places you hear about Austin, yeah, yeah. Texas. Um, party fill, bro. Exactly, and when you see videos, it's all like party yeah. clubs. Um, 
Yeah. So that's that's the main reason that, I've never yeah. been. No, it's amazing. Else. It's great to visit, and I don't know. It's pretty fucking lame now because you gotta understand. Like that town had just gone through a bit of an economic boom with the dot com thing because that became like Silicon Valley two or whatever the fuck they're marketing it as. But uh, then all these you know festivals and stuff started making it really popular, and it started drawing a big diverse group of like weirdos started yeah. just come into Austin, you know, and it started blowing up in different ways. And when the economy tanked in 08 and 09, it just made everyone want to move there because the economy stayed good there for the most uh-huh. part. Home values weren't plummeting. There wasn't like a big mass, you know, real estate issues there other than just all these people were getting gentrified in different parts of town and all, was, all that property was getting bought up and repurposed into like whatever McMansions they were calling them you know all the bullshit but now that town I can't even hardly recognize it like every cool venue that was downtown's all fucked and gone you know every cool neighborhood every barbecue place like barbecue places have been there for fucking ever gone just that's fucking sucks. gone. Fuck, and that's the main. That and that's the main thing that I hear about Texas, yeah. like having some bomb ass barbecue. Yeah, it's and, fucking amazing. And, and yeah. the city sees it like, oh, it's amazing. But We're dude, gonna have Franklin can suck my nuts. Don't stand in line for barbecue. What an yeah. asshole. And people and people love the whole idea of like we're gonna bring more tourists, we're yeah. gonna bring more money in, we're gonna be yeah, the city. But it still sucks success. when when you see something that you love and that you grew up with, yeah. especially her. Was she yeah, being, being born there, there, being yeah. raised in there, yeah. and she's like, and this shit happens, that gets really fucked up in people's heads. But how come specifically the spring? Oh, the spring. So she, she's a sign language interpreter. So when you click on that, if you clicked on that second video, I see her doing sign language in it. So, oh, this one. Yeah, this is. She learned that. She started learning it back in high school. But uh, now she's a full-on interpreter, and we wanted to live somewhere where there's uh, work for her, which there is a lot up here. Her sister's the one playing guitar, and then that's the drummer's a friend of hers. But this is back when she was, like, a lot younger. This is, like, 2000, I think. This was 2006. Something like, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, was, or maybe earlier, but it was, it was before uploaded. I met her. It was that was when it was uploaded. Yeah, that was her with the blue hair. No, her, she's the one in the. You'll see her. She's wearing a tutu. Yeah, the one singing. The, the one singing right now is her sister Adrian. She's she's badass. Oh, she's singing and playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You can't really hear my wife play anything in this particular one. You just mostly see her playing um, or doing sign language and stuff. She's the one wearing the tiara and the tutu. <laughs> yeah, there she's doing sign language. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they've got a bunch of different music that's like really odd, bizarre shit. You know, it's nothing I would have... Like, I thought... When I first met her, my buddy introduced me to her at a bar called Barflies, right? And it's like a little dive punk rock bar that's badass. And... He's like, hey, my buddy, like, he's like, this girl really wants to meet you. She's in the tuna helpers. And I'm like, I was like, oh, is that that lesbian punk band or something? <laughs> Whatever I said. And uh, not knowing that this isn't punk music at all, really. I mean, maybe you could do the, you know, you could say it's punk attitude or that something. that you were going to be with her Yeah, I, the I met the one straight forever. one in the band, yeah. And so I dove deep into the LGBT community after that because after I started going out with her, you know, all these, like, because her sister is like, pretty like they're all pretty well known in that community they're like hardcore cool. yeah yeah they're like fucking royalty but also hardcore in that fucking community. royalty dude yeah i'm talking like yeah chicks with mustaches that are really growing and shit yeah that kind of stuff yeah crazy stuff i love those girls they're awesome but yeah so the thing was is like you know here i am like like i said i look kind of like a frat boy right out of the army and 
this was a few years after, but I was still in pretty decent shape because I still rode my, you know, BMX everywhere and that kind of shit. And regardless of the, the pounding drinks and stuff, I still didn't put on a bunch of crazy weight or anything. So I didn't look like I belonged with, you know, at a party full of like lesbians and gay dudes. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I think was, is like, I couldn't really express just based on the way I look. Cause I never like wanting to look a certain way to make people understand something about me that I left that shit back in high school. Right. You didn't want to dress a certain way and be like, Oh, this is just who so I am. I'm like, you. Way. yeah, I, f- I figure, you know, I'm going to talk make, to me. Get to know I'm going to make you MLK me, dude. Judge me yeah. by the content of my mind. Motherfucker. Yeah. You know, that's why like people probably, there's probably a lot of people where think I never talk or I have nothing to <laughs> No, yeah, but that's no, the whatever. cool thing is that this is the most I've ever heard you talk, and this is probably the yeah. most you've ever heard me talk. Yeah, and, of course, yeah. And the cool thing about this is we're able to experience something where we can get to know each other. Yeah. I would have never found any of this without you. But <laughs> yeah, the cool yeah. thing is that you came in. I know you don't drink. Yeah. You brought me lotion. Yeah, and this, lotion. this is already well, Step up your game, dude. I'm telling this, you. Don't tell has, your wife about it. <laughs> this has already been, like, fucking awesome to me. Um, but... That's, that's fucking it's crazy how like everything just connects and it just comes together and it happens like that in the two and a half years that you've been gone um have you gone back yeah she still has family down there so we'll go down there for usually christmas and then we try to do thanksgiving and you don't have anybody time. there not that i'm related to i never was, was related to anyone down there i just oh. I, I was stationed at fort hood in the army how was that <laughs> well <laughs> it seems like you gotta remember like i said i'm 40 right so yeah uh, when I was 19, I joined in 99. Or and 98, sorry. From 98, 98 to what? Yeah, 98 to 01. Okay. So I joined just for three years, right? Like, uh-huh. I, I was tired of telling those dudes I, you know, was gay and shit to get them to quit calling me on the fucking phone. You know, the recruiters. and Yeah. Gay, you know, you'd always try to come up with some wacky bullshit. Because I grew up, like, this crazy skater kid. Like, just anarchy was my fucking everything. And, uh, you know, my mom was, like, basically a Buddhist kind of hippie broad that just was working class now but still raised me kind of really open-minded and different my dad's fucking been gone since i was a kid you know weirdo crackhead shit so um are you still connected pretty close to your mom yeah 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 she my mom's fucking amazing so that's cool but she had a real kind of hands-off approach of raising us so i just basically grew up pretty feral because that's how it is with hippies but super open to like anything like i should just explain anything and she was really well read yeah, because yeah. a lot of the people that I've heard that have grown up in an environment of hippie, yeah. they they want to guide you in the direction that you want to grow up in. More or less, yeah. Right? So kind I was of. never baptized, none of that shit. So my town is like primarily Catholic and Lutheran. You know, you're either fucking Irish or German descent, primarily. If it was, if it was never like, you're going to do this. Yeah. It was more like, what would you want to do? My, well, yeah, kind I of? mean, it was one of those bleak sort of towns because it was... Um, Three and a half, four hours from Chicago, maybe about six hours south of Minneapolis. Those are the big cities, and then you got you know Madison, which is a pretty cool town, but it's smaller mm-hmm. than all of those. But it's near enough, and then Milwaukee has a few things going on, maybe. But yeah, the music scenes that we're into are those, you know, Mil- Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then you know Chicago. And um, but anyway, well, I won't go into that. But the mm-hmm. uh, uh, I just wanted to join the army to get the fuck out because I didn't know how else I was. I was broke as shit. I was a poor kid. You know, no one ever told me I was ever going to make it into college. You know, no one believed in me and shit. So, and I knew they were dumb. I, I fucking hated school my whole yeah. life. And So was it for the money or is it more for yeah. to find a path? Uh, I just really wanted to kill people. All the time. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to run over dark people in weird countries and introduce myself that way. No, I just completely was like, <laughs> I just want to get the fuck out. You know yeah. what I mean? And 
I also had this in mind. So you wanted to be somebody completely different and just have a it, new kinda, start. But I, I felt like, um, you know, not having ever grown up with a dad, that I always knew that I was sort of clamoring for a father figure in some sense, you know, and I knew yeah. that I was probably going to get some of that from this, and fucking boy did I, you know. But uh, it turns out I was really damn good at it. So um, my scores were really high going in. They liked me for different stuff. And uh, when I got in, I actually just became a mechanic, which is hilarious because I never thought I'd be anything like my dad could turn wrenches and shit but he was never like a great mechanic i don't think but he uh he he was always dicking with that stuff and i never wanted to do anything i didn't want to do anything like my dad you know fuck that guy right so um i took very few influences from him in my life but that one of the things i never thought i'd do is be a a greaser motorhead fucking you know working tools and you know whatever um and then i ended up being exactly that i got into the army as a mechanic and uh, went into a special school for wrecker operators. So, like, if you picture infantry guys, you know, they get to brag about going into the airborne and air assault, whatever schools and stuff, and be like, I'm an airborne ranger, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not much for mechanics. So, I went to a special school uh, where you get to, like, dive into swamps with chains around your waist and, like, attach them to vehicles and try to pull them out and shit. Oh, and shit. Yeah, so... I became the then you weren't operator. a regular mechanic. No, no. You were a next level mechanic. Yeah, this was so... So I go to... Fort, you were a fucking Jason Statham mechanic. Yeah, so I go, I go to Fort Hood, right? I get stationed at Fort Hood, uh, Texas, and I'm bummed, right? Because I just, you know, I'm a fucking Iowa kid. And even though I was aware of what was actually in a lot of places, you know, I just like Texas. Well, I don't fucking know anyone there. I fucking... Eh. Stressing out and... uh so I, get, I find out that a girl I grew up with uh, back home had moved there right after high school. And I did this predates all that bullshit with looking people. You had to look in a, you know, phone book to find it, yeah. you know, and I had to like do some, tr- you know, phone train stuff to find her. Like I had to call different people and try to get information. I finally tracked her down and started hanging out with her and her friends on the weekends down in Austin. And, uh. I was loving it so much because my unit was supposed to be what they called non-deployable, meaning you don't, you're not ever going to go overseas anytime soon because your unit's not set up for it. You're just a rear garrison support unit, right? Yeah. But the unit I was in was actually the first infantry. It was called the First uh, Ten Cav, which is actually the Buffalo Soldier Unit. You know, the first all-black unit, uh, cavalry unit in the army, right? So that's a big deal. It's like a historic division our unit right it was the it was back then uh fourth id which is now here in carson ironically it used to be down there so it was half fourth id half first cav was the main garrison at the base and uh within fourth id which is fourth infantry so it's a primarily infantry uh mission and then cavalry is the other half but we we were the one oddball cavalry squadron is what it's called in this infantry division right so we were overlooked all the time as cavalry, but uh, we were. And so when we, um, we no shit, started hearing rumors that we were going to get deployed. And we're like, well, we're not in a playable, right? I thought we're not in a playable. And here I am loving my weekends down in Austin, fucking around. And, you know, because, you know, you know, you can go topless there. Women can go topless anywhere there. So it was like, I was like a place where you can see naked bitches and like drink all day. I'm like, fuck yeah. So, Every weekend. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it was, it was idyllic back then. The population hadn't exploded yet. And you could yeah. actually go to these crazy swimming holes all day long and not, it wasn't run, a, not, not one hour away. People. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. So yeah. Anyway, um, I found out we we're gonna have a we we're gonna have a formation on no shit April first, 
and we're like, there's no fucking way they're going to announce it on April 1st. No way. Sure enough, they announced we were going to Kuwait. We were going to deploy to Kuwait. And everyone's like, this is a fucking joke. Yeah, so... You can't be on April now, 1st. Now, this is early... This is April 1st, 99. So, uh, we were freaking out because they gave us a date of... A, pre- a tentative date, because they'll never tell you exactly when you're going to deploy. It's top secret, right? You don't get to know until, like, right before. And... Uh, <laughs> So we started going into it thinking, well, we're going to Kuwait. There's already been people there for a while. They've been there since the first Gulf War. This is, you know, like I said, 98, 98 still. I'm sorry. Was it April of 98? Yeah, because we were there six months. So I think it was actually April of 98, if I remember correctly. Um, no, my timeline's off. It is 99. But anyway, we go in to Kuwait, and we, we do our, we're going to do a six-month rotation. It was pretty routine, actually. Um, but because I was the wrecker operator, I actually drove a truck called Godzilla. It's a, it was a Hemet. You, you might've seen it before. There are eight wheels. There's two in the front, two sets in the back. And that's got the wrecker gear and shit hanging off the back and whatnot. Yeah, it's like three, yeah, six, And mine was called Godzilla. Eight. Yeah. Mine was called Godzilla. Cause I inherited <laughs> it from a guy that called it that. And, um, it was handed down. So I was the new Godzilla operator. That was my call sign was Godzilla on the radio. So yeah, that's crazy. they would call, they wouldn't call for headquarters 91, which is my, was my actual truck's name it's actual nomenclature was headquarter 91 but they call for godzilla you know instead so i got deployed on uh recovery missions so much that i people think i'm exaggerating when i tell them this right and i don't i don't blame them but um i think i averaged about six hours of sleep a week if that um because i was running so many missions i would basically get grid coordinates for somewhere in the desert where some dipshit got stuck and i would have to go find them right you're running on fucking adrenaline the whole night oh yeah me and so me and my sergeant my tc they call him as your tank commander even though it's not a tank he uh truck commander i guess they call it uh he (laughs) he was just a little bit overranking me but not by a ton but he's my nco and he's cruising with me so he and i just fucking destroyed these missions we were running so many like i said that and this is on the this is on the Iraqi border, right? So we're on the border all the time, fucking chasing around Bedouins and stuff, dodging fucking camels, dude. It's so hard to get a camel out of your way if you don't want them there. Like they just don't want to listen. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's crazy. So, and I grew up, you know, watching the Gulf War go down on on TV, and like fifth or sixth grade I was in at the time. So I was just blown away that I was even in this place. Now keep in mind, Kuwait they told us was approximately. 95% landmine free. <laughs> but that that country's so small and there's basically nothing but sand there, right? And um vast expanses of nothing. And and then like dunes and weird roads and shit, piles of dead goats here and there, blown up shit here and there, fucking mayhem in different places, still remnants of a lot of destroyed Iraqi shit everywhere. People leave fucking high-class cars just in the desert because they broke down. They're so rich there. They just don't give a shit. shit. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on. But I would get these grid coordinates and then have to go pick these assholes up. Sometimes I'd have to roll in with NVGs on, my night vision goggles, so they wouldn't see our lights and stuff. We'd have to black out our lights and you know, so that if we got too close to the border, we didn't want to like provoke anything and shit like that. So, yeah, we came out unscathed. I mean, I didn't even really carry ammo. That's the crazy thing, is we weren't considered in that combat stance yet. We were on the verge of it, but we never... And we bombed the shit out of them every day. That was the fucking dirty little secret. We, I think, dropped about 1,200... Uh, we, we did about 1,200 strikes in just the six months when we were there. 
Christ. And when we were there, and this is like, you know, a tank got a little too close to the border and we'd fucking smack him with a Patriot. Like, I can't tell you how many times I was sitting there, like, doing a mission. All of a sudden, a fucking missile would fly over my head and just be like, fuck, really? And we're like, all right, let's wrap it up, guys. <laughs> you know? There's a start. Yeah, there may be something going down. And There's we had, the rooster. We'd have, yeah, we'd have fucking, you know, scud alerts and whatnot. But yeah. the thing we were really worried about, to be honest, was the fact that y2k was creeping up and we thought the computers weren't going to generate our orders to fly back in time because we See, knew that at that point that. i was five <laughs> yeah i was five yeah. i don't remember shit right. so please explain that to me yeah so y2k was just that they thought that computer programming didn't factor in uh, a digit to be there for the y2 for the 2000 flip so it had something to do with i think the double digits so they didn't factor in what was supposed to happen after 99 you know in like computers so I think that was part of it. And there's like all these like speculated terrors that were going to be related to the whole thing. And in the end, I think mostly nothing happened except for probably some cult dipshits probably killed themselves thinking something was going to happen. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, they had, um, we had a lot of jokes going around, you know, amongst the guys about that thinking, oh, we're not going to get shot. We're going to get stuck over here because the fucking computers won't work and the planes will have to walk back. We'd speculate which way would be the easiest way to walk back. You know, we would joke about because we're literally on the other side of the planet. And at that point, you from were the United how old were you? Um, I was twenty at 20. that point. Yeah, I turned twenty-one right when I got right before I went. Actually, I take it back. I, I drank legally. I drank uh, my first legal beer was uh, it was a Guinness that I had at the original Emos down on Sixth <laughs> Street. So if anyone knows what that is, yeah, I fucking loved that place. But um, that was my first legal beer. Dude, <laughs> that's, 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 that's fucking scary and that's fucking crazy. Just to have the fucking thought about all that shit going yeah, on. Yeah, well, I mean, the scary part is is that when I was driving, you know, I was doing these missions. Um, like I said, I was because uh, the army is only required to give you one hour for every twenty-four hours you're awake on duty, right? For sleep, right? I'm not even kidding. That's like literally a policy, and um, especially in a combat stance. So we were running missions like we might as well just consider it fucking combat. I mean, we might as well. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, the way we were working was insane. But I mean, I was pulling like buses. I was pulling trucks for. Like, they're like, you know, you ever see one of those, like, beefed up army semis that look yeah. like they go off-road, but they're like, a, they're an 18-wheeler that's pulling, like, a fuel cell and shit? Mm-hmm. I would have to pull those fuckers out of the sand pits all the time. And keep in mind, 95% landmine free. <laughs> and uh, so we went and set up a, a, a one of our base, the base we were going to stay in was already basically set up. It had been, um, like, 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 don't get me wrong, we were in... Texas, so that I think the temperature at the time when we left was around, you know, it might get up to what's eighty five, you know, eighty five, ninety five around, around that time of the year. For, to, over in Kuwait, for me. over in Kuwait, it averaged uh-huh. about one hundred and twenty all day long. So from like as soon as the sun comes up, within half an hour, it jumps from about eighty degrees at night in Kuwait to about one hundred and twenty degrees, and then it's like that all day, and there's no fucking shade. So these they already had these like in really crazy tents set up. Uh, with AC running to him, so we were pretty lucky there. I didn't, I didn't scrape the barrel <laughs> too much there, but um, it was pretty Spartan. Other than that, we basically just had our TA fifty, which is just our gear. I had a couple of books I read a number of times. Um, music, like we still had some cassette players. Some guys had CD players, that, you know, but that shit was really highly coveted, you know. Uh, anyway, but long story short, there I uh, get done running all these missions. <laughs> 
And um, after the first three months, I, I dropped all the weight I could possibly have dropped and not died. I was, I actually caught a fly, right? Because you wouldn't think in the middle of the desert there's flies, right? But like I, you heard me mention earlier, maybe that there's piles of dead goats everywhere. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, so they would get like an anthrax threat or they would find anthrax in one of their animals and they'd kill their whole fucking herd and just leave them there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's flies and shit and... I just developed a real hatred for him. And um, I slapped one once and I pulled its wings off. And then I threw it in a fucking bottle with a little bit of like sugary water at the bottom. And I would show people, I'm like, hey, you want to see my walk? And they're like, what? And I'd fucking pull out this bottle and I'd be all fucking talking to it and shit. And I was kind of joking around, but I was also kind of fucking into you it. Were you were slightly know? losing like, it. I was fucking totally, dude. You know how many fucking goofy, weird hallucinations I saw driving in the desert with my night vision goggles on? What was the craziest shit you saw? It's the dark. You got to understand. It's so fucking... There's no light pollution in certain spots to such an extent. You see the Milky Way very, very clearly. With there the is no light ahead except There's up. no fucking lights when, yeah. you turn off your, when you turn your truck off. There's no... Like, you can't see your fucking hand if the moon's not out. I've been in those positions where that's happened before. Yeah, like you go on those cave tours or something. Oh, but this is like outside. Crazy. Yeah, so like, if you know, just to give you an idea how weird that can be, I was on guard duty one night with this guy. We had our night vision goggles, but you don't want to leave them on all the time. It fucks your night vision up. So you try to develop it. And they would purposely have the, us do these. Like I said, we were in these like tents, so it was kind of like, you know, luxury living. But they would have us do field training exercises. So we'd go on these FTXs, they call them out you know where we set up another fucking even less like an even more like brutal shitty situation i would usually just sleep on my record i usually set it up that way i'd still have to put a damn uh cot down like everybody else but i'd just sleep on my truck but uh that said we we had a guard duty uh going on and me and this kid we were sitting out with our nvgs and we we did a scan about every 15 minutes or something and we're just talking shit just hanging out and it's we're in this ford area where there's like literally nothing they would pick nights when the moon was at its absolute lowest so it'd be the least natural light out there available on purpose but we were also there during the hajj which is when the bedouins travel to mecca right so we're in the pathways kuwait's all i mean fucking bedouins are everywhere in the desert so um we were scanning with their mvgs and we're looking around everything's clear we're just hanging out and that, 10 minutes later we just hear this grunt noise this fart noise or something right because <laughs> we knew right away what it was like that's a what is that because we knew we've heard camels before I'm like is that a fucking camel out there we look and there wasn't just a camel there's a fucking caravan not 50 meters from our position and there was uh, in both directions almost as far as we could see just a train of fucking camels and like bedouins and shit just walking by they're that quiet and we're like, holy shit, dude. Like, that's when it really made me go, fuck, I'm not in Iowa anymore, am I? You know, like, that was one of my first experiences with that shit. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd have numerous encounters with them. If you try to avoid, you didn't want to upset them and stuff. We were definitely supposed to be guests, but, um, you know. Guests. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on all that. And I, I could tell you a lot of other weird stories about that particular uh, deployment. But, yeah, I went from there to, um, I got orders for Korea when I came back from, from Kuwait. And I had to go do the rest of my 14 months that I had left in the Army. I finished out in uh, Korea. So I was actually up right by... North or south? I was in the south. I was in the north part. I was like 10... I was way definitely within artillery range, badly. Yeah, we were we were with like the last... We were the first base to get smashed if the uh, shit went down, for sure. Yeah, we were right up there. And 
Um, I went on a tour. If you ever look at footage like of uh, the leaders meeting together in mm-hmm. these little blue buildings, I've been in that building. Fuck. Yeah, I went on a tour up there, and there's actually a um, an underground tunnel you go in as part of the tour called the Infiltration Tunnel, where the fuckers tried to tunnel underneath the border. They they tried doing it numerous times over the years since the armistice. They tried started. to do it Mexican style. Yeah, more or less. But this, <laughs> but I'm talking like. 300 plus meters down on their side like below the earth and then we we went down a three it was like a 275 meter uh 45 degree angle tunnel that they dug to get down to it so dig this if you want to fucking know how insane the koreans are so down in this tunnel they have a wall directly below the 33rd parallel which is the fucking dmz right Mm -hmm. and uh which means on the other side of this wall is North Korea. They have two Katusas, which are, um, I'm sorry, they're rock soldiers. The rock Katusas are with us. Rock soldiers are Re- Republic of Korea, right? Rock ROK. So they're the military guys in the Korean army that we work alongside of. Um, and these guys, they pick the biggest ones, the tallest Koreans they can find, which is kind of funny because they're all like our height. And <laughs> yeah. um, they, they're all like buff and shit, and they, they dress them up as like kind of like MPs. And uh, they stand in front of this wall. And in the center of the wall, there's about a six-inch hole. And it looks at another wall on the other side. I take it back. The wall, This wall is actually not at the 33rd parallel. It's just before it. So the, the, that hole in the wall overlooks a wall on the other side, which is actually at the 33rd parallel, right? So beyond that wall actually is the actual North Korean side, right? We have no fucking clue what they have over there. The only way we even knew this tunnel was being built was we saw a lake on the other side because we both stared at each other all day. Started depleting and they knew that those fuckers were doing something. They screwed something up and a, a, you know something filled in with water it wasn't supposed to. So that's how they found it back. And this happened in, I think, the 80s mm-hmm. or something like that. You didn't hear about that shit. I didn't. I was alive in the 80s. When I was a kid, I didn't fucking, <laughs> I didn't hear fucking about know about it. Yeah, you know how many times we were almost at war with those fuckers? Just, I do once when I was there, some shit happened. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the, in front of this wall, though, these two guys, these rock soldiers, just stand in front of the wall. Why? There's nothing. Just in case something comes through, what the fuck are they going to do besides? It's a wall. And there's no one down there. The only people come down there on these tours. Do you think those fuckers really sit there and stand there the entire time? I bet they do. Do you think they sit there and joke with each other as soon as the tours leave and like start (laughs) hanging out? I would hope so. Yeah. But damn, those fuckers look serious. I'm talking like Buckingham Palace soldiers. Like like New New England. Yeah, like those Buckingham Palace, those uh, beef eater guys, those Dutch guard guys that stand there and you try to fuck (laughs) with them. Yeah, those guys. They look like that. And, uh,. Well, they don't look like that, but they act like that. They stand yeah. there. You can't fuck. I'm sorry, Buckingham Palace guards, not the beef eaters. Sorry. I'm, yeah. No, I, no, I have a I, bunch I of weird it. references. Sorry. No, I, I have a bunch it. of tons of weird references. Yeah. By the way, a lot of which might predate you because I always forget that you're born around the time. I'm literally easily old enough to be your dad, which is funny. Yeah. My yeah. dad's uh, 45. Yeah. Okay. I'm 40. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what though like okay so instead of the drinking part so there's a better story so like I was telling you about getting wet right so yeah, I yeah, accidentally yeah. Um, I I basically overdosed at a Nirvana concert right what year was this okay so this is 94 okay ne- um, negative one years old yeah I think I was a freshman and um, yeah I was a freshman and so you were like 17 yeah, there's 16 a, yeah so I'm at, like okay so I live in Dubuque Iowa at the time and that's about I think a uh, two hour drive to the quad cities 
So they're, they're going to play a show. And this is when they were on their In Utero tour. So their last album that they had, um, they were touring that album that just came out, right? So the band's opening for them were uh, this band called Jawbreaker, like a proto-emo-punk band from Chicago. Um, and then Mud Honey came on, which is like another, like, you know... Tell me, ad, the, tell me like the song. Mud, I want to have it in the mud, background. Like Mud Honey, um, Touch Me, I'm Sick um, is one, or... Uh, yeah, Nirvana, like, if you put on, like, radio-friendly unit shifter, when that song came on, I'll tell you when, uh, that'll, that'll be, a, that'll be appropriate when I get to that point in the story, but, so, you I go, go to like the show, and I'll fucking, yeah, I'll anyway, yeah, I'll tell you when radio-friendly unit shifting started, so, yeah, for sure, so let me know, uh, when, um, we get to the show, like, I find out the show's gonna happen, rather, and everyone's trying to plot how to get down there, now, keep in mind, I'm pretty young, we, I just, I didn't have a car yet, None of my buddies really had a car yet. I was friends with some older kids, but it was really getting hard. We weren't sure how we were going to get down there. But we got tickets, found a way. It was a ride through this girl that I knew, had an older sister whose boyfriend was willing to drive us down there, right? So we get this all arranged. It's like a fucking Chevy Blazer, like an old shitty one, like not the cool <laughs> ones. Not the K2s, but the shitty 80s ones. Anyway, I go and uh, we ride down there. And I'm bummed because I smoke weed like a fucking fish by well not like a fish by this point, but I was into weed by this point in high school. You know, I was a dick. I was a douche, but um, you're more like a chimney, not like I was, a fish. I was dicking with weed a lot back then. Anyway, so I get to the point where I'm um, kind of jonesing, and we're like we're about to go to a rock concert, a fucking lifetime, and we don't have any weed. And but we're like, we know we're gonna meet a bunch of people down there, and I didn't want to drink because I didn't drink at the time. Um, I you know, like I said, I didn't start till much later, but. Uh, I knew everybody would be hammered because it's a fucking Iowa show. I knew there's going to be alcohol there. So I get there and there's, of course, we finally find our friends. There's a big area where there's like a majority of them. And I would call that, it's stage right. So it'd be like to the left. So if you're facing the stage, it'd be to your left. And that's basically where all of them were kind of congregating. So um, the band Jawbreaker opens, right? They come out and it's fucking rad. Um, I didn't know, I wasn't familiar with them, but it was a fun show. And this this is, I think, a 6,000-seater venue. So you had, like, the floor was totally barren of seats. And it was, like, a, you know, like the stadium seating off to the sides for, like, a, you know, like where they can collapse the first half of them back and then the rest is, like, permanent. So it was kind of balcony seating otherwise. So there's a bunch of people up there, but otherwise you, could, you couldn't, you had to stand. Right, you could sit, you could sit like off to the side if you're far enough over, but it was a fucking packed show, right? <laughs> so this entire place is a giant pit um, here and there. Like it was getting, you know, Jawbreaker wasn't as well received. All opening bands always suffer from that, you know. But uh, Mud Honey comes on, or is about to come on. Sorry, and uh, I'm I'm in dead center, probably ten feet from the center of the stage at this point, right where the middle of the mosh pit was going on, and I was a fucking crazy skater kid. You couldn't break me anyway. I would I weighed I think about 120 pounds at the time, and uh, I could bounce off the best of them. Didn't give a shit. So, <laughs> so okay. Now this predates when the movie Dazed and Confused came out. So if you've ever seen that movie, there's a character in it named um, fucking what's his name is Rory. Cochran plays on its fucking uh the guy with the long hair and the hat. Um shit. I should know this. Don't worry, I got you. Oh, what's his fucking name? It's Roy Cochran's character. Yeah, there he goes. Slater, yeah, Slater. So he plays Slater in the movie, right? Uh-huh. And he's got like he's got this uh I can't remember what they call that hat, but you see him in the bottom corner of the picture. 
Yeah, he's and his guy walks up to us and he looks fucking just like that, right? And I didn't know it at the time. Like this movie hadn't come out yet, so when it did, I geeked out because this fucking guy was very pivotal in my life, as it turns out. <laughs> and he's just, you know, in reality, reality is probably just some dipshit from the middle of Iowa, you know, probably some bumpkin, who knows? But he, um, he walked up to a buddy of mine, and I had a friend of mine with me who was a sophomore, you know, a little bit bigger than me, um, and he, uh, he was a little more experienced with like smoking weed and shit. So this guy goes to us. He's like, he's like, hey man, you guys. You guys cool? You want to smoke some weed, man? And we're like, all right, yeah, man, yeah, we're cool. We <laughs> look like a fucking poo poker, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so he hands us this. He pulls out this fucking hog leg. He's like, yeah, my buddy, he's really drunk, man. He's up there, he's hammered. He doesn't want to help me finish this thing. So, uh, think you can help me with it? And he pulls this thing out, and it's like as big as my middle finger, right? Now, not then. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we start smoking this thing, and I probably only had. Uh, three or four hits off of it maybe it was passed around between and then started moving around to the rest of the crowd and it just got lost in the mix (laughs) one of those things and um so mud honey is about to come on now mud honey is a lot like nirvana in the sense that they're they're another proto they're like one of the quintessential grunge bands they never got as popular but they're fucking everyone knows who they are which of these songs just bring back memory to you but okay so we'll get well yeah i'll cue you up that bit for uh for nirvana but which one you say this one right yeah it's okay we'll leave it there yeah radio friendly unit shift will be the one that i'll cue you up for so okay cool so um mud honey comes on now the stage lights go off Right, so when the stage lights go off, the, I'm sorry, the house lights go off. The stage lights come on, and they're all different colors and shit's weird. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm seeing tracers. Right now, like I said, I grew up around, you know, knowing everything about hallucinogens. My mom used to tell me stories about how she'd drop acid and the way she'd know that she could take, you know, the, how you test out a hit was you take one half, wait until you start seeing your skin melt off your arm, and then you'd know how strong it was, and you could take the other half. Jesus that's how she's so I grew up with that Jesus. knowledge of knowing what hallucinations and your all that shit was about. Your skin melts? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't take the rest. You're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that, that, That's what it was, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, If your skin melts, you're good? Yeah. You know that it's good shit, so you can take so, the other half. Oh, And it's not speed. Fuck. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. So Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. If I see my skin melt, I'm not taking the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so I started seeing tracers, and I know this isn't what weed's supposed to do. And I'm freaking out because I could I couldn't tell what the fuck was in that it's joint. Wet. Ooh, yeah, I didn't know yeah. what it was, and everything was like brutally moving weird. And then the the pit goes bonkers, right? I can't remember what song they opened with. It's probably "Touch Me, I'm Sick." It was kind of one of their signatures at the time, but it comes on, it's fucking insane, right? Every a lot of people know that band better than I did at the time, but it didn't matter because it was fucking people would mosh it any show they could back in Iowa back then because it's not only it was the popular thing to do, but they would use any excuse to be violent people are just <laughs> fucking dicks I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah anyway they they the the show gets crazy rowdy and i'm getting bonked everywhere and i start realizing i have to get the fuck out of here i'm gonna die i'm gonna get trampled it's one of those pits that was so packed and crazy you were getting lifted off your feet and it was moved the around. fucking death wall yeah, right there it's crazy yeah and um you know, I, I start pushing my way to where I, I could tell where the stage was because that was where the most amount of light was probably at, right? That's what I kept telling myself. But <laughs> you couldn't make a straight line. And I couldn't, I wasn't big enough to push through people well, but I was small to slip through when I could. But I was getting like smashed and crushed and I was hard to breathe and it was hot as fuck. I was probably dehydrated beyond belief. I didn't know shit about staying hydrated as much as I do now. 
So who knows what was going on? It could have been a combination of things, but I know to this day there's no way it wasn't probably PCP that was in this joint because... So I started, I saw one of those pits in front of me where they run in a circle, but the middle isn't moving as much. You know what I mean? It's like a spinny fucking whatever, <laughs> like an insane conga line. And um, I'm, I'm holding on to my buddies. Like this really dates me beyond just the fact that Nirvana show, but uh, he was wearing one of those like, um, what do they call them? Potato sack shirts. It was like a hoodie that was made out of this like hemp look. Like uh, material, okay. you know what I mean? It was like, it was like the color fucking Mexicans wear yeah. by the border. Yeah, but we we fucking you know it we didn't like call strong. it we didn't call it cultural appropriation back then, and I think that's <laughs> yeah. a fucking horseshit no, it is. concept it's anyway. A, it's but fucking whatever. Retarded. But it was funny, and I can go way into more of that, like yeah. my Cheech and Chong influences and stuff. I can talk <laughs> about for hours, but uh, yeah. So um, I see this group, and I'm trying to hold on my buddy's hood, and he's trying to guide me back because he's not as affected by it as I am quite as bad but he knows we're both bad (laughs) and he gets like I he gets lost I can't find him anymore I can't I just know I have to get away from the the light and go to this one direction so I can try and find someone I know and uh I push through this this circle right I just used the last of my strength to push through it because I didn't know it was going to happen if I got into it I was going to get carried away or knocked over punched I was getting hit and beaten up and shit and um I get into the middle of the pit and I fucking collapse at that point. Next thing I remember is someone's pit. I'm floating above the ground. So I didn't know if the crowd was picking me up because people are usually pretty good about that. At that show, it was pretty rowdy, but I've seen shows since that were nuts and people were super good at helping up people that fell and keeping yeah, them from yeah. getting hurt. I love it when they're like that, right? Not that's, now. That's the right way, yeah. Now they're going to film you on the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah, now they're going to film you on the floor and tell you, you know, start pissing on you. Yeah, I'm about to fucking say yeah, that. Yeah, some dumb shit. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> not that there was room for this. I mean, I could have been easily stepping on people and yeah. not even known it. It was one of those kind of shows. So I didn't know if this was about to be the next fucking Altamont or whatever the hell, you know, is going to happen. And I, I get... I'm being fucking carried. I can tell I'm being carried like a potato sack, right? Face down. Like this person has me by the back of my pants and then like the back of my shirt or like my, around my chest or something. And I just, I hear him just go, don't worry, bro. I got you. And then I, I didn't say bro. I think he said, don't worry, man. I got you. And (laughs) he sets me down and I look up and it's this guy who's a senior at my high school who I knew pretty well from like hacky sack circles and shit at lunch, whatever. But um, we we weren't super close, but he was definitely he's a big fucking dude, you know, he's big like ogreish. He dude. knew who you were. Yeah, but he yeah. knew who I was. I mean, and I'm fucking, I didn't waste shit, you know. And um, dude, fucking, I credit him for saving my life, absolutely. Because there's no telling what would have happened. Like I think what happened. So I piece all the I piece a bunch of things together later, but this detail was that buddy of mine that was with me. He found some people to send back into the crowd to help me out because he didn't know where I went. And he knew I was fucked. And um, that guy found me and pulled me out. And, you know, they fetched me water. Everyone thought I OD'd on heroin because that was, like, the thing to do. You know, uh, like, oh, it's the grunge era. Oh, my God. Blankenship took heroin. Holy fuck. He's a rock star. Like, who knows what the fuck we do. <laughs> I heard so many rumors when I came back to school the next, you know, like, later. I just skipped to the future. and uh, That's cool, one. but that sucks. Yeah, people thought I did. Like, that was the rumor that I was like, evidently going around. So... Um, anyway, I knew it wasn't heroin. It had to be something. I didn't piece it together. That was PCP back then. I kind of learned over the years that it's it better in your lungs more. than in your arm. Yeah, I'm sure. Either way. Right? Yeah, it sounds rough. Like, I yeah. saw Friday. I know what happens when they wake up in a chicken. <laughs> or, no, is it Friday? No, it wasn't Friday. 
I don't remember. It might have been colors or whatever. This dude ch- sleeping in the chicken coop. I, maybe I'm thinking of a joke, but um, <laughs> anyway, I know I know the stories, right? So yeah. I'm pretty sure you know that's what it was. And I talked to people since that have pretty like way more experience, and that's they what I described to them. Like, yeah, that's fucking totally what happens, especially if you don't know what you're doing. And um, anyway, uh, I, Mud Honey's going on, and I'm feeling okay not catching all the show because I don't know their music that but much. But I'm slowly getting able to stand up on my own two feet. And I take the last of my strength um, to like start talking to people, and we're all conspiring to get back into this pit because I can't miss Nirvana. There's no way. And this little buddy of mine, this dude, and I was small, but this kid was smaller than me. He's probably only about ninety pounds. He's hammered. He got beer somewhere, got fucking drunk up in the stand, and came down. And he's like, "Graduate, let's go to the show." And I'm like, "Dude, you don't know what happened to me just now." And he's like, "Don't care." Pulls me in, and we fucking rage. Okay, so we go in, and. Because we heard them, what was starting to happen was we started hearing distortion come on, right? Because uh-huh. we, we we knew that something was like their mute, like you know how bands will like either start playing or doing something right before they come out and, and actually show themselves. Around, yeah. like, what the fuck? So they're building this shit up, right? And we just heard distortion and crazy loud, weird shit happening over the the uh, over the amps. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Are they coming out? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. And all of a sudden, this song kicks in. And let's see. Let's how, see if it'll work. Let's see how fucking crazy it gets. It was a version of this, basically, is what happened. Turns out he was backstage. I found out later. He was up in. I knew some people that could see him from the side of the stage. He was just destroying guitars and smashing shit backstage to get all these noises to come out. And then he came out, grabbed a different guitar, and he got out. It got silent, I bet. But this is the song that started, and I was just getting off. I was still catching tracers, but I was basically bulletproof, and I went fucking bonkers. Damn. The house got fucking, that place was blown apart. <laughs> I can't tell you how many fucking titties I probably grabbed, and who knows what, when this song came on. <laughs> and no one had heard this really yet. This album had only just barely come out. Oh shit, let's hear a little bit of it. Yeah. Crack that shit, son! He died at 26. Yeah. So that would have been a crazy fucking conspiracy if he died at 27. But I mean, RIP to him and all the other people are part of the 27 club. But 
There's some shit behind all that. Yeah, there might be. No, there, I don't there know. might be. I don't know. I think it's just good marketing. There's a there's a really great podcast called Those Conspiracy Guys, and they do these like insane sessions, like seven hours long. That's what the actual edited down version. Seven is. hours. I'm not fucking around. The one I listened to is called. Uh, it was five and a half or something. It was the Jim Morrison one. It was all about him. And, and they, these they, are edited down. Yeah, they're edited down from uh, about twelve. Yeah, and they. Jesus. Yeah, they. Uh, they go into the. 27 club concept and they're probably going to do an episode they said but they go into like how the real number should be 56 that's when the majority of known oh, well known musicians have died and then 60 is the next one and then 27 is only like 1.3% well let me just make sure this guy is much older than that because Steven I, Tyler fuck yeah he is what's his age I don't know it's like it's pretty decent he's, he's up there Oh, he's I'm, well, 14 yeah, years over that. Yeah, I mean, he might have fucking morphed into like a weird lesbian woman, <laughs> lesbian gypsy woman. Or you, something. You've seen those memes already, huh? Yeah. Where they yeah. fucking come on. Oh, that guy. That Big old great. women glasses. That's and... another good uh, Rogan episode is with him. I didn't think it would be as good Fuck, as it was. But that it was, was great, good. dude. Yeah, it was pretty good. That was great. He, him on it was fucking yeah. great. Yeah. But, I mean, fuck, 56, I didn't think about that. I'm going to have to look into that. I'm not sleeping tonight because I'm going to look up that shit. Yeah, so, anyway, this show goes on. This story gets fucking weirder, dude. All right, so depending on how far down this rabbit hole you want to go, I'll give you the rest of the story because it fucking gets bizarre. Um, hey, you could tell it all or you can even, tell yeah. parts of the story because yeah, no, you will be back. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll tell the, I'll tell the rest of the story. because Sean like, Silberman, it's you're going to have to step your shit up next <laughs> time you come back. If you want to be here back next week, <laughs> if, if you're if you're already been listening this long. I'm going to be a co-host soon. Because we, <laughs> we, we still have more than an hour through here, so if you're right going to be back next year, I mean back next time, you're going to have to step up your fucking yeah. game, dude. You're gonna have to come back and bring like a stripper or some shit. Yeah, you know? there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so the show finishes out. I I have the time of my life. You know, it's nuts. I finally yeah, find my, I finally find my friend that we're gonna go back to town with. Um, you know, it's just fucking havoc letting out of there. Like we went over to a Seven Eleven and just fucking destroyed it pretty much. Like I just start drinking Slurpees right out of the fucking thing and whatnot. And this old metalhead guy's like, this little guy's got it right. But at this point, I'm like loose as fuck and you know when your muscles are all gone anyway from like a crazy workout. It's like that but on top of this drug experience I'm going through. And um, so it's probably more like I'm hammered at this point is probably more what I felt like. And uh, we get into the van- we get in the uh, vehicle to go back, uh, the blazer, right? And uh, we're heading back and this is like, I don't know what time in the morning. You know, it's like probably, I don't know, two, three in the morning, I don't, whatever the fucking time it might have been by then. And, um, you know, we're on these back roads of Iowa, more or less, and they, we see, like, lights up ahead, and there's a, you know, a rack up front, up ahead where they hit a deer, right? And um, this redneck motherfucker driving the vehicle we're in, this boyfriend of this girl that we're with, he decides to stop and ask the fucking sheriff if he can keep the deer, right? <laughs> yeah. So Don't ask. It's, uh, no, no, he let him keep it, right? Because it's oh. not, yeah, the, the person... <laughs> The like if you know to not waste it and to keep it from being roadkill on the side of the road, they'll if someone's offers to do it and you know they promise to go get it processed and whatever, you can fucking take it. Or oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can tell the sheriff that and then go fuck it in the woods and throw it down a canyon for all I care. But that's, you know that could be what happens. It's too. Iowa. It's another yeah, story. Yeah. Woo! Let's rock on Tuesday. <laughs> but um. <laughs> but uh, so they load this fucking like ten point buck into the back of this blazer which we weren't using the back half of if you ever seen the way these things are laid out they got like a little bench seat in the middle so me and this girl that i'm hanging out with my friend 
um, we're sitting there and then her sister and, uh, you know, her boyfriend is in the front. So there's a space in the back where this, it technically fits, right? It's this fucking deer. It's like, you know, white-tailed deer back there. And I can't remember how heavy it was, but it was fucking huge. I would maybe, okay, maybe not a 10-point buck, but it was like at least six. It was it had a rack on it, dude. It was a male. Um, but dead as fuck, right? Didn't smell because it like, you know, whatever. It wasn't bloody and shit. Like it, it broke its neck or whatever. Um so we go back to town, I get dropped off, turns out that fucking deer, when they went to take it to a rendering, they have these like 24 hour rendering places you can take them That's to. That's cool. Yeah. And, um, he's going to get it processed. And when they go to take this fucking thing out, it started moving. This fucking thing wasn't dead. <laughs> that redneck motherfucker pulled out a baseball bat and beat it to death in the parking lot. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and we had been talking shit about what if that thing came alive while we're in the fucking car? Yeah. Starts fucking antler starts stabbing everyone. That thing would have went <laughs> fucking ape shit, right? Yeah. So luckily, because his neck or back was broken, it wasn't able to like. It wasn't going crazy. Well, yeah, it wasn't doing yeah. too much. But dude, if that shit would have happened, like off of what it, we just come through in that fucking brutal <laughs> show. That could have been pretty. And pretty it's not like it's that. tied down or anything at this point. Yeah, you guys no, think it's fucking no, dead. Yeah, no, fucking was hanging out in the back, chilling. It's a tongue fucking hanging out. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it comes to and it's like, shit, what the fuck are you monkeys doing, dragging? Jesus gave him a life. Yeah. <laughs> like on Christmas Day. Yeah, and I know that. I think there's like a movie where something like that happens. I, I mean, yeah. like a, I don't know if it's like one of the Griswold fucking movies or whatever, or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacations or whatever. But there is a movie <laughs> where I saw something like that happen, and I'm like, oh my god, it fucking could have been me. <laughs> At least it's I would have been high as fuck happened. That was his Christmas day Yeah, yeah, that had been a pretty bad Christmas day <laughs> It was not Christmas, it was whatever but. And then, you know, a few months, you know, a year or two later Whatever it was, that dipshit shot himself So fuck Kurt Cobain well, for doing that yeah. Oh, I thought yeah, you meant the guy yeah, I, thought no. you got, I thought you meant the guy fucking the redneck Oh yeah, and then this other guy named Kurt Cobain did too that's sort of re- relevant to the story. I thought you were talking about the guy with the No, bat. no. Oh, I thought so, you said he shot himself. So, yeah, I mean, that was the year before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go through that tragic time. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, well, that's uh, just one of, my, one of my little films. One of my little stories from the past. No, I love that. <laughs> Tell me one of your favorite artists. I want to play a little song, get a Ooh, little break. I can, I can nail it right now. This is a long song. I wouldn't recommend playing the whole thing, but for my money, and this took me a long time to settle on this, I'm a huge, huge, huge... I could go, I could talk for hours about just music alone, um, especially since a lot of it's underground shit. So mm-hmm. there's a band called Rodan, R-O-D-A-N. They have a song called The Everyday World of Bodies. Does it seem right or right here? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Type that in. Uh, and you said rusty, it... yeah, right there. Rodan rusty with the butterfly on it. Uh, yeah, everyday right world here? of bodies. Yeah, everyday world of bodies, right there for my money. Yeah, you see it. Right oh, there. right here, right yeah. here. That song. Um, so to give you a little background, real quick. Yes, please. This band is what you kind of would call uh, math rock, somewhat. So math rock is essentially just shit that's real technically based, like riff structures time changes are all crazy they're all probably music nerds that know a lot about music theory and blah 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 so even though they're using a lot of like um you know rock instruments they're playing it in different ways it's you know and there's now a lot of bands that do this kind of stuff but these guys were kind of one of the protos uh proto bands that did it like the loud quiet loud thing that you hear the pixies credited with how long did it already start 12 minutes yeah Holy no you shit. Know, i wouldn't recommend playing the whole thing but this is this is fucking stairway to heaven times yeah two. if you play, so this song um just just so you know there's a lead singer 
that plays one of the guitars. There's a, another guitar player. He might, I don't think he does any vocals, but there's two guitar players, a bass player who's the female vocalist you'll hear once in a while. Okay. And then a drummer. Do you want to play from the beginning or like skip halfway through? You can just, you can just start right from the beginning. So for my money, this song was, I heard this album, no shit. I didn't own it. I heard it once, I think right before I went into the army and it, the entire album, like I could play it through my head it was like one of the only song like one of the only music i had access to like i was lit like you know before i knew what an mp3 player was essentially what my yeah. brain was working like and i had this album in uh dinosaur junior album called fossils which is like a bunch of their eps thrown together those two albums were stuck in my head and this album like i had to seek it out again when i found when i got out of uh, basic so I'm training i'm gonna play this, so this song, maybe this uh, song is the best representation of them that i can think of i'll play this for about maybe a little under two minutes i'm gonna get myself a beer get whatever you it. want so yeah. let's do it let it rip
the beautiful thing about this Everything is that changes. I'm able to yeah. um, I'm able to <laughs> enjoy and love other music from other people, and yeah, I'm able you won't to hear this shit in your house. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a be- this is an awesome thing about myself is that I love everything, and I don't know about you, I love every kind of music so far that I've listened to, except country. Yeah. Okay. I can't do it. I just yeah. can't. Maybe uh, there's an artist. Maybe there's. There's a song. certain ones that I can get into. Like, um, so my dad was a, a truck driver, right? So th- I, he did live with me up until I was about six years old. And so. this this whole thing was brought to you by um, Blue Moon, which <laughs> I'm gonna crack Moon? open right now. Oh yeah! Oh shit! Yeah, put an orange in that shit. And not, mm. Well, I guess maybe not if it's a can. <clears throat> it's just like you're in Boulder. <laughs> oh my god! I love that beer. I love, yeah, he, I, he exposed me uh, to that shit. You know, bandit country, trucker country. It's kind of like rowdier stuff, like Hank Williams the second, you know, Hank two or whatever. Um, Waylon Jennings, you know, all that shit. Chris Christopherson, whatever. Um, but I, I, I grew out of it too. I wasn't a big fan, but uh, I to this day I still love Charlie Daniels. Not all of his stuff. He got a little in his later years. Got a little bit rah rah America and a little gospely, but his early rowdy shit. Like, what was your favorite thing? Well, you know, Devil Went Down to Georgia, you know that song, right? The fiddle song? Because he's an insane fiddle player. And he can. I went to see him live when I was in Korea. He played a USO oh, show for us, and it was fucking balls. I didn't know he could play guitar. I didn't know he did. He's an insane guitar player, too. Big fucking... Tell me again what it was. Well, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. You never heard that song? Oh. Oh, my God, dude. This right is like... You, I bet you've heard it. The just, Devil Went Down to check Georgia. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, that's not Yeah, it. yep. I got, no, two, I got two shits playing at the same time. All I right. got two shits playing. Let me, okay. uh, but that is that is the album it came out on originally, I think. Let me check it out. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, I can't believe you've never heard this. It's fucking amazing. So he's playing violin and singing, by the way. Well, not right now, of course, but he's the violin player. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. Oh, it's even got the lyrics. Here, yeah. I gotta pause this real quick. Okay. This I can enjoy. Yeah, this yeah. I like, and in my, I'm in this for me. Yeah, I don't classify this as full country. Yeah, no, he was. Um, I actually so at the end of the USO show, we got I liked to meet him. He did like a <laughs> he did like a sign. You could go do yeah. meet and greet with him, and his wife was there, dude. His whole band. <laughs> um, I managed to get in at the front of the line, so I got to talk to him all first. Gave him a big hug. He signed my hat. Um, supposedly the story went with my mom found out she was pregnant with me after they'd gone to one of his shows because she was puking and she was acting like she was hung over with your she mom had, yeah but she hadn't drank turns out she was pregnant with me that's the, i don't know if that's really the way the story went or i just remembered it that way but, but i mean i, so like, I, always it. Had I like, like it a, i always had a tie to charlie Daniels for this reason so this it. one is yeah this is a classic I know this way behind he was willing to make a deal when he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot. But it's almost and like the devil a jumped up on a southern rock. Boy, let me country. tell you why. I, I, can do I guess you yeah. didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin. But I'll take your bet and you're going to regret because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome up your bow and play your fiddle hard Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold But if you lose, the devil gets your soul I never fucking heard this Yeah, who's that motherfucker? Get down! Yeah! See, this 
shit. I Big old fat hillbilly. This, I fucking this, love that guy. This I can fucking hear. Yeah. But the kind of music that I hear in Colorado country. <laughs> no. It's, I can't. It's pop. Dude, you think all it, that new shit. Is it country just, pop? It's, it's pop music, dude. It's all bullshit. Those fuckers are made up in the studio for the most part. Half them I, can't, I can't do that, but this? Nah, that's all bullshit. I can't fucking do this. Nah, 20, this is like... The 26 and a half million just like, people? I, I, it's just like you couldn't fucking pay me to listen to like most mainstream hip-hop, right? But I'll fucking listen to the underground weird shit because that actually might... It's not as commercialized and dumb and they're not talking underground about the Underground is my bullshit. favorite. Yeah. Do you like any hip-hop or rap? What? But um, okay, Schaefer the Dark Lord. I'll drop this on you. So look up Schaefer the Dark Lord. Schaefer the Dark Lord. Schaefer the shit. Dark Lord. Like um, this? Yeah, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And then put in Clone Fucker. Yeah, Clone. I'm sorry, Dark Clone. Yeah. Play that song. Yeah, the first one, Attack of the, the top one, the top. That version's the better one. You already seen yeah, this one before? Yeah, that's Yeah, that's the oh, demo. Okay, it's okay. not a video. Oh, okay. There's no video for it. It's just he's a hip hop artist. He makes all his own beats and plays them on a box. This is like one of his first demos. Earlier demos, rather. I've seen the future so bright. I gotta wear shades and it's hotter than AIDS and everyone will have AIDS and robot brigades. <laughs> the humans, machine against man and the planets and ruins. So it's like nerdcore, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's like, but he's like MC Chris and all those kind of guys. But he's Is like, he considered hip hop rapper nerdcore? Because I've heard of nerdcore. <laughs> It's hard to say at this point. His his persona is that he's like evil, right? And he's like he was uh, actually a former like uh, he was in like some speed metal type acts and stuff when he's younger. He's a drummer, um, and yeah, he's he's a brilliant fucking lyricist. He makes his songs like actually make sense. He's not talking about bullshit. Fucking oh look at my bling, look at my fucking shitty neighborhood I grew up in. It's none of that. It's just it's different. Like he comes from a totally different standpoint, right? Kind of like Oregon, but more enormous. This is where he grew the food that he couldn't smoke. Magical bushes from hollow redwoods. 
He bathed in the lakes and slept out under stars. Kept dragons as pets and skipped rocks out to Mars. Lord Nordak lived his life in nothing but peace, but life down in the valley was different indeed. The once unified people had begun bickering. Flame on the candle of peace and then flickering. And again they all split off into separate factions and used their differences and soldiers to action. So, so this guy actually reminds me of one of the uh, one of the artists that I love to listen yeah. to. Who's that? Um, Wax Is that Wax guy? Yeah, I heard you talking about him the other one. I, I, I wasn't familiar with him. No, not Wax. Watsky. Oh, oh okay. I so, I'm going to give you... Uh, but did you hear the song what, from Wax? <clears throat> yeah, the, when, whatever you played on the on the podcast. At the end, right? So, this yeah. is Watsky right here. Um, I'm going to okay. try to find one of his... Um, uh, there's just one where he's in a house, and that's just fucking dope, but... Let's yeah, see dude. if... Yeah, I like it. Is that just him kind of live or? Uh, that guy that you just played right now mm-hmm. um, kind of reminds me of this guy's music. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find. Um, See if it'll work. Yeah, try to find one of his um, mm-hmm. better lyrics. But yeah, my thing with hip hop is like, okay, so <clears throat> I uh, I was an early adopter to Two Live Crew, right? So back in the '80s when. Two Life Crew broke and blew everyone's fucking gourd off. If it if it was controversial and it was like gnarly, I was into it. So Two Life Crew was my jam in like I think third grade or something, third or fourth grade. And then I, they were my favorite band for a while. Um, and then uh, when Enter Sandman, the Metallica song came oh, out, there, and that video shit. came out. I already knew who they were, but when that yeah. song came out, I immediately became a metalhead. Like, as soon as I saw that fucking couch explode in the front of that 18 wheel, no, like, I love Interstellar. The devil horns flew up, and I'm yep. like, all right, I'm in fucking metal now. So, so this that's is what down that dive. So, that guy you just played right now, I'm yeah. gonna um, show you one of the songs that he okay. plays, and this is kind of like what it reminds me of. Okay. Because the flow yeah, this, is kind of similar, actually. Yeah. It's kind of surprising. I don't like guys, I don't like rappers that take themselves seriously. I think it's horseshit. To his picture and it's him, but the sim- the beats are pretty similar to the ones you had. Watch. Cause it isn't the fashion, the cash, and it isn't the trash in hotels. It's the pit of the passion you feel in the moment you crashed and you fell. They get up and you're smashing it well, like it was a pistachio shell. And you gotta be gnashing your teeth to be giving them hell. Cause to love is a radical act. Give your brother a pat on the back. If you get a panic attack, feel like you're at the back of the pack And opinion's exactly that, if they say that your magic is black Just do what you do when you do what you do, keep on pulling that rabbit from hat You might think that you're ruined, you might think you're defeated If you love what you're doing, you've already succeeded But there's gonna be bleeding, when another one bites that dust So get ready to beat it, cause it might be us And I'm telling them that the journey is all so slow And we wanna say no, 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 cause to make it is difficult But we go, 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 and my father was telling me That I better be ready to ride on through Cause I know that it's tough, but it's gotta be somebody So then why not you? <laughs> so that's kind of his beats And yeah. it kind of reminded me of the guy that you just played right now Yeah, I could fuck to that Totally. He has a lot yeah. of good music. Him and Wax actually toured a lot yeah. of different states. Yeah. And Wax has one of me, one of my favorite number one that I've been listening to since I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. So it's already been like over 10 years. And I actually want a big ass tat right here just for him <laughs> because that's been my life. I've been yeah. listening to his kind of music and I was um, 
brought to this kind of genre of music because mm-hmm. of him. So why yeah. can't that be part of my life? You yeah, know? why not? Right? Yeah. People get tattoos for dumber reasons, right? Not to say yours is bad. I'm just saying, if you're having any hesitations <laughs> yeah. about it, that's way more important than any other. At the other end of the shit. day, as long as it matters, as yeah. long as it's for you, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, but so so when it comes to hip hop, my my only problem with it is that it's just so fucking samey. Like all these dickheads just talk. Like they're all saying the same dumb shit. They're yeah. all copying each other. We don't give a fuck about your fake ass so called status lifestyle that probably isn't even real we know how many motherfuckers aren't even like really real you and know even you if you video, are and then you need a video to prove it it's just dumb you fucking yeah try you know i don't give a fuck like so this is not this is one of me. his last songs that came out and i'm pretty sure you yeah, uh will gotcha. it, i'm pretty <laughs> sure you might uh, enjoy this one fuck and yeah <laughs> this is from wax my favorite <laughs> i like you better when you're high because when you're high you never make me cry I like you better when you smoke Cause when you smoke you laugh at all my jokes I like you better when you're stoned Cause when you're stoned you never bitch and moan There's just so many reasons why I like you better when you're high I'm all so glad it's legalized yeah. I got that good shit in my pocket Woke up, took a trip to the market Where they jar it and zip lock it Had to stop at the gas station As I walked along my way To pick up my chick some chocolate You know Ferrero Rocher No surprise, soon as I arrive She greets me with them pretty eyes and thighs I said hi, she replies Are you high? Yes, how'd you guess? Do I look a mess? She said I saw you through the people With that pre-roll Chico She know my demeanor is calm so that's that's kind of my shit. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad you're. Uh, yeah, I can dig it. That's that's my world. Um, but I mean, nowadays, like if I, I've got, like the kind of music I listen to is actually super hard to generalize. If that's even a word, generalize. <laughs> but um, because generalize, like, I guess. No genre. I'm thinking genre. of genre. Like to put into a genre a label. I guess oh, I could. I could okay, have just right. said I did label. Um, but. Uh, so there's two primary, there's two labels growing up that were super influential in my neighbor, in my neck of the woods, right? So in the early '90s, early to mid to late '90s, well, it's fucking '90s in general. The punk scene wasn't punk like you would ex- like the kind of stuff like Sean was having you play. That yeah. faster, that style of punk music wasn't what really what people were doing. It was more. Um, I want to say they call it, either call it noise rock or like post punk. There's all these different noise. Like no one could really ever pit, pin it. So what it is is generally like on the Touch and Go label, um, which is uh, so like give me a song a Chicago of, label. Of, so of your kind of punk. I'll say a quintessential album or a song. I'll just say is look up a Jesus Lizard song called um, Here Comes Dudley. Now the way the bass sounds, this note like this guy's bass is super classic. Uh, which one's good? The first one? Yeah. Then okay. comes the yeah. Then comes Dudley. Oh, fucking commercial, of course. Oh yeah, of course. I can name you. I mean, I could always play off somewhere else, but I'd rather have a little yeah. nice video. So no. don't worry, they shouldn't be off. Jesus, is cool as shit. So we'll see how this sounds right <laughs> yeah, now. Let's get that shit. Yeah, listen to that fucking bass guitar. That's just the bass and the drummer right there. And then the guitar. It's, listen to what the guitar player does. It's really creepy, kind of arcing shit. And then the lead singer's an insane person. If you put on the live video, you'll see what I mean. But check this shit out.
Sorry, skip to that one. Skip to what? Yeah, the click on that one, monkey trick. Yeah, you, the the opening bass line of that is deceptively simple sounding, but it's brutally hard to play. dropping tons of acid and listening to this all the time that's that was my sophomore year <laughs> I, I can see how it's punk yeah and it's attitude stuff if you saw their live shows you'd see what i mean but they're not sped up on most of their songs as much yeah. and they're they're all like guys from different bands back in like this they started out in austin but got big in chicago and then spread out uh-huh. and they're on a split album with nirvana that's where most people heard of them and then wait until he does the, the scream. It's one of the best rock and roll screams ever. I'll shut up now. I guess the recording style by Steve Albini. So, Steve Albini was in a band called Big Black. Um, that was his first big one that he got known for. And he, his recording style was, he would record the ambient sound in the room. He wouldn't record through the PA so much, as, as much as he had these high quality microphones around the room to get different sounds. So you, he would hear all the noise you were making with your the picks hitting the, the, the snare. You'd hear the pick. I'm sorry, the sticks hitting the snares, the picks hitting the strings. He wanted it to be wrong. Yeah, and he would record you as you were. He calls himself an engineer, not not a producer. But he produced some of the most iconic albums on, on the planet. Like, if you really knew, if you knew about the Pixies, he did all them. You know, that's nice. what he's mostly known for. Um, Page and Plant, you know, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page. He did one of their albums when they did a show, uh, album together, that kind of stuff. But So, Steve Albini, you know, if you go back and you... I think you, it was on that last one, but their, their song, Kerosene... That was like the theme song to my hometown because it's about living in a small town. And I want you to just listen to what you think. I want you to tell me what you think that sound is at the beginning of this song. What was it from? Tell me again. Big Black. Black. Kerosene. Start typing K. K E. K E R. Kerosene. It should come up. There you go. Right, click on that bitch. So tell me what you think. This is, by the way, this came out in like 1982, I think. What do you think that is? I don't know. These are all instruments, by the way. They're not... Oh, yeah? There's no fucking keyboards or anything in this band. So that sound you're hearing, that clinky guitar... That's a guitar. That's Steve Albini's guitar. Okay. There's a bass player in the background. Steve Albini's also running the drum machine you're hearing. 
And he's also going to do most of the singing. But there's also a second guitar player. He's got that other sound in the back. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you call this music? This is like... This is what inspired Nine Inch Nails and Ministry and all that shit. This is like proto-industrial music, kind of. It's just brutal as fuck. Listen to this. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. So, that's cool, I mean, though. that's what makes it so hard for me to relate to people when it comes to music because this is my real shit. This is like, this is fucking it's what you grew up on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 My first CD I ever owned was Ministry, the uh, the Psalm 69 album. It's kind of debated what the name of the album actually is because of the way the artwork was and they never really said. Yeah. But uh, that album was my first CD, that and an album from a band called Sacred Reich, which I don't remember the name of that, and I forgot about that band. But I still have that same CD, that Ministry CD, in its fucking pristine condition, plays great. Still nice. have that damn thing. And they, these guys came out around the same time Ministry, essentially, their ver- earlier versions of them, but Ministry was highly influential and real popular for a while, too. And that's the shit I grew up on. So I don't know how to explain it, like... Oh yeah, I listen to. I just have to say these bands. So Touch and Go, and then Amphetamine Reptile up in the, the fucking. Dude, uh, these fucking names are crazy. Yeah, Amphetamine Reptile <laughs> is. Um, well, you want to fucking get your fucking mind blown? Look up a friend of mine. Not a friend of mine's band, but my wife was on the label with this band, um, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Live and just type in live. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. 
Uh, little buzz, so you gotta. Yeah, and that's cool. Because uh, you gotta see what they live? look like live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just click on that. Just you don't have to play the whole thing. That one that's fifty-four minutes. Cool. Or something. Yeah. So. Fast forward or no? Yeah, we just scoop fast forward because I think the beginning's a little bit weird and like haunted. Yeah, just just skip somewhere in the middle. Oh, okay. Just in doesn't matter. Let's check it out. So this band is fucking bizarre on so many levels, but I love the shit out of them. You can't really see it, but there's a guy playing junk off to the side. The guitar player is playing a 12-string guitar, and he also sings. He sings anywhere from between sound like a creepy little girl to, like, fucking Phil Ensemble from Pantera. Yeah. The bass player, he's playing this thing that's like a big stringed instrument. They have all these weird instruments they made, and they play all these weird throwback instruments. Like, she'll bust out this thing that the Romans used to fuck with. I don't even remember what it's called. <laughs> but this is just them once the show's gone, but they've done all, like, this is, like, a part of their show yeah. yeah their shows are fucking bizarre as hell I love them oh I've seen that shit before yeah they do all sorts of weird stuff and um they like one time they had a performance artist guy like dancing around like there was just a, a white cube hanging above the audience right like the front of the audience at the edge of the stage really and all of a sudden as the show starts like a weird parade of them they come in in a parade form like doing this weird chanting shit right and they're just I mean, he's got, like, his teeth blackened out, <laughs> and his, the way his hair is cut's, like, really neat. He always wears a dress, um, but they're all super sweet. They're all the nicest people. I've gone up and talked to them numerous times, and, yeah, they're really cool. But they're on a Fuck. label with my wife. Yeah. Dude, music like this. So, I mean, I could I go mean, down rabbit holes with you and talk about some You have blown me away with, <laughs> I, I 100% cannot, <laughs> I can't categorize or genre this music yeah, in but, any way. Yeah, and for me, like, that's why I listen to podcasts all the time, because I just listen to shit out of all of this yeah. too, almost too much I don't want to hate my music by listening to it too much so uh -huh. I try to listen to it when I'm in the mood you know yeah for sure yeah, so I it's different sometimes you just, want, you just want to hear people talk and then other mm -hmm. times you want to just fucking rock out it's like when you exercise and when you're just at home it's a little bit yeah, different yeah 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 it's a little absolutely bit different. yeah it's a lot like that living vicariously through people like hanging out and having a good time on a podcast you start realizing oh shit I hang out with this podcast more than I do real people I know and, you know at the job like ours where you just listen to them all day long hey you know? Sometimes it's great though. And some exactly yeah, it sometimes it's better. Guy, yeah. Yep. You will have. I mean, I've learned so much insane, random shit just from podcasts alone. Not to mention all the other dumb shit I've probably done in my life. But yeah, dude, it's uh, it's an amazing thing. And I don't, I don't know what this podcast will ever evolve into, but you know, kudos to you for having one. I no, mean, thanks, I've been trying man. for you know a while. I've been scheming on how to gum up with the equipment and what to do and. It's one of my many projects I want to start at some point, but yeah, now it's definitely sparked my interest a little more. So for me, it's uh, all I know is that it's not easy. But from what people have said and from the quotes that I've read, ten thousand hours makes perfection. And yeah, an uh, hour, having, an hour a day at a minimum. Yeah. yeah, and having you on it, I've been under ten hours. So that yeah. alone, that alone makes me feel like <laughs> I'm on the right path. Yeah, and no, at the end of the on, day, man. even if it's not a career or it's not a money maker, yeah. it's. It's, learning experience, it's, dude. It's, it's something learning experience. I'm able to do a different path. If I didn't have this, I mm. wouldn't have had you. 
and not yeah. having you, you wouldn't have, have opened my eyes. You wanted to, Ruben. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. And, and it's, it's, it's just something just crazy. Just got to blow into my ear the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Soft. Here, let me move. Let me move the windscreen. Yeah, let's just do the NPR. Just do that in my ear. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm down, bro. Early in the morning at 5:30, I'll be like, oh, that's Ruben right there. You'll know exactly. Yeah. Nah, man. But that that that's the crazy shit. Is that some things just happen for a reason, and some things just happen at the right time. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to get into fate and philosophy and all that shit, I could go down that for hours too. But yeah, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, it's it's funny how things how you get turned on to stuff eventually. You know, like I'm a, I'm yep. burgeoning, like trying to get the fuck out of that place as much as possible. But like the longer I'm there, the more I get to know people, and the harder it'll probably feel to finally bail when I do. But you know, I'm waiting for the right situation to come along. You know, that's definitely not supposed to be my fucking end date career. You know, uh-huh. when I turned forty, dude, I. I was it was it a big day? No, no, not so much. I mean, it was in certain ways, but. Um, my main thing was I, I had the decision in my head that I just it just dawned on me I'm not I'm just so fucking fed up with just dumb bullshit in my life I'm not gonna I'm gonna call people out on their dumb shit more um, I'm not gonna suffer a fool as it were as much and I just feel like you know that's why I generally also stay quiet because I I'm gonna fucking lay into people about stuff and be accurate and fuck with them you know and I just I I could sit there and dismantle their stupid meetings and shit they've said I can sit there and, oh yeah oh yeah well why didn't you fucking do this dickhead yeah so enough about work but that said I I don't want it that's not gonna be what defines me I hate now the, that place the cool thing about you and Sean is that me and Jesse have came from a place where we're we're in such a big diverse area we came from somewhere <laughs> where you name any country or any religion. And you walk mm-hmm. 10 miles, you'll find that fucking person. Yeah. So we came from a place where it's yeah. so open where we can't – you can offend somebody, mm-hmm. but you're going to have a lot more people back you up where it's like, hey, we're fucking free. Just let it be. Yeah. So coming to a place where it's a small little town and we're having you guys be there yeah. makes us feel at home because it's like these people fucking get it. You know, it didn't. Yeah, you gotta look for the freaks, dude. That, those are the people that are gonna give a shit about you. All these dipshits walking around looking normal. Those are the ones you gotta look out for, especially yeah. me, because you can't. Because you, you, I look normal for the most part, but <laughs> not, clearly not. <laughs> now that's the cool thing about having you here is that I was able to get a different um, side of you and, and understand and really learn about who yeah. you are. And and that's the cool thing is that now I'm like, okay, this this guy. <sighs> Sean was right. That's exactly what oh, I had. Yeah? Well, That's all I had to say is Sean was right. This well, guy's you can cool. blame him later then. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk uh, with him later see how that is. Yeah. Um, Don't bring the over. <laughs> um, but over, overall, out of everything, everything that has happened, mm-hmm. what... Do you have any kids? No. Um... That I know of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any pets that I know of. Yeah. Uh, you ever heard that joke? Yeah, some comedian. <laughs> no, my wife and I um, haven't really tried as hard as we probably could have been, you know? Yeah. But we uh, we got stuck in that perpetual wait until we get to the right right time kind of thing. And like, Do you guys plan on having this home? I, the springs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, we're okay. here. Yeah, we're here for sure. And, um, but, uh, I've never, I had a very strange upbringing as far as my family's concerned. Like, I mean, I could go, I could tell you the fucking insane story about my dad. Like, his family was so, it's like the hostel meets deliverance. Like, it's fucking brutal. 
And uh, so there's a reason why that guy was a piece of shit. And I'm probably better for him not living around because he got bad into drugs later. Like he's, I don't even know. I don't know how he's alive. He's not alive anymore? No, or he he shouldn't be. I don't know how he is. He just somehow well, is. Like meth, like speed and meth and all the shit for years. And you, you have know, zero idea where he is? I know where he's at now. He's in Dubuque now. He's back home. But he. Where's uh, Dubuque? Dubuque is my hometown. D-U-B-U-Q-U-E. It's the sound the shit makes when it hits water. <laughs> yeah. Is Dubuque? that Texas? Yeah, no, it's just Dubuque, Iowa. Oh, yeah, Iowa. Dubuque, okay. Iowa. Yeah, it's named after a French guy that fucked over a bunch of Indians for the land and dug oh, it up shit. and made landmines yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. They, the white people took it fair and square. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, don't complain about yeah, that. He, shit happens. Yeah, he, you, know, you know, he actually stole it by... Telling him he was going to fucking set... He was going to, like, curse their land by setting the Mississippi on fire. So he had... They, they called his bluff and said, fuck you, you weirdo, white guy, whatever. Uh-huh. And then he had someone upriver pour petrol, uh, some kind of, like, kerosene or something on the water. Ups- and make them think that that and show he, was and fucking cursed. And he knew, you know, how it makes that weird sheen, that weird colory rainbow thing when it's oh, on the surface. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he saw that, he threw his torch in there and fucking set it on fire and it freaked him out. They finally decided to give him the treaty that he wanted and fucking bought the land and then ripped it apart with le- like lead mines. Like he, lead mining was big there. So that's what founded my, my little shit town. Damn. That's also why it's got a bunch of what weird tunnels the, underneath it. What oh, Altoids. With? I put pocket mints in my pocket because <laughs> I knew I was going to get – because when I talk, I – I didn't get my my voice will dry out real bad. I thought you had almonds. I was like, oh no, shit. No, Altoids. I just ate the last one. Otherwise, I was like, off of your pocket. <laughs> next time. Yeah, next time. Yeah, pass. Hard pass, bro. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy though. There's a lot of shit that I learned today that I'm gonna go to sleep and probably have a. <sighs> I'm gonna have a dream about being a fucking hippie in well, yeah. the army with <laughs> crazy fucking dragons or some shit somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the thing was is like so to to put something in context for you so. You know, like I was saying, I didn't belong, like no one believed, I had my friends all thinking it was a conspiracy that I supposedly went into the army. Me, of all people, like they didn't believe it. And there was no way blanket ship, that fucking guy. And uh, yeah, and then they also didn't believe it once I excelled at it and got good. And it turns out, and I will fucking, to this dying, my dying day, I will always attest to this, the best soldiers I ever met were guys like me that were like punk rock background, shit like that, like non-traditional. Because all these dipshits that, were like praised in high school for being the lead football guy. Once they got someone actually yelling at and them, immediately they, felt they superior. Shit was different, and yeah. then and then you get someone like me who's like a dark horse, who's like super athletic, but you didn't know it because it was all from skateboarding muscles. You know, it's a little different, but um, tough in other ways and shit. And the stuff that I was able to pull off, and I got real in really good shape. And that was the one thing that made sense is working out. You can take all the craziness and nonsensical whatnots about everything you do in the military and all your moral conundrums about everything you're doing but the one thing that absolutely makes sense is the fact that they force you to stay in good shape you yeah, know yeah. and but they'll only push you to a certain point depending on the unit you're in so you got to take it to another level and you know that was that was part of it but um yeah so while in the army i had to maintain like my background as all this other weird shit you know and i was i couldn't really talk a lot about like a lot of stuff i've been through to most people you know but eventually like in basic i started like teaching other kids yoga and stuff <laughs> and uh because i was i was pretty heavily into yoga by that point you um, still are not really I, yeah not as much but i used to train with um, a group of hippies in this place called the holistic health center it was like a old victorian mansion that was like converted into like multi-space and we would be down in the basement doing yoga into the wee hours. 
you know, every uh-huh. Thursday or whatever it was. Yeah. Oops, keep fucking up the corner. Yeah. Now I'm good. Oh, did I fuck yours up now? Yeah. Sorry. That's good, man. No worries. Yeah. So uh, by then, so and then I went into the army right after that, and then I started teaching guys yoga to re- help recover from all the shit they'd make you do, and they'd smoke the shit out of you from like a thousand push-ups and whatever else they're making you do that day. So uh, it was it was hard to be that kind of a person in the military, but eventually find your freaks you know but they always end up being the best soldiers you know and it was, it was weird dude i sometimes think back and go how the fuck was i ever in the army <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and it yeah it's pretty pretty non-normal type of guy yeah <laughs> and that and i still like i used to like still skate you know quite a bit back then and i was uh when i was in korea i got in trouble all the time for skating on base like passing because <laughs> the speed limit on that base was only like 10 miles an hour so the humvees i could go faster in the humvees and shit. oh yeah, yeah the like, board yeah the general would always be pissed off and yeah it was pretty pretty funny thinking back to <laughs> those points um would you change your branch or would you change no, how long you were in it? Well, here's what happened was, so, um, I originally wanted to join to be a sniper cause I thought you could just do that. Right. Yeah. yeah cause I still had, I, even though like by that point I had given up on, I'd seemingly given up on that sort of stuff. I was a huge GI Joe. You thought it was call of duty. You're like, Oh, I want to be a yeah. sniper. Cause I, I was a big, a I was a big fan of GI Joe and all that kind of shit back in the day. And uh-huh. then I, you know, got since gotten into skateboarding and seemingly way different, whatever, but, um, and all the grunge music and all that shit that was going on. But, uh, so by the time I got into the military, it was actually kind of going back to my roots in a weird way. Like my mom's, oops, I keep fucking these cords up. <laughs> my mom's side of the family has a lot more history with it than I, than my dad's or anything. So it wasn't like I was following like a family thing, you know, like my uncle was a Marine. My grandpa was in the army. Um, my cousin failed out of the Navy cause he's a dipshit. <laughs> Poor kid. I don't know what it was like for him, but it's not for everybody. I get it. Um, Another one of my cousins was in the Marines, and then he got out and then went into the Army, which is funny because that doesn't happen often. Um, no, I'd stay in the Army. but So, uh, like I said, I was a mechanic, right? That's what I ended up being. So I, I still joined thinking the idea would be to to be this high-speed operator type. But um, Also saying that you're a mechanic in the Army is not comparison to the kind of shit no. you did no there, you had to like know how to get shot at while you're turning around is, yeah it's is, a there, different. is there like a word or like something specific to what you were because hey, well, I, was I was a 63 bravo with the hotel eight qualifier i don't know what you just that said that was my job that was my mos so your mos is your military occupational specialty That's i like your job. that much better because yes. hey, oh i'm so a mechanic light, at the army uh, this is how i would tell i, I would say this i was a light wheeled vehicle mechanic so uh-huh. anything with wheels on it basically was my jam yeah, because when you said, oh, I was a mechanic at the Army, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, um, Blankenship is under a tank. I was the fixer. He was, he was fixing shit. <laughs> I fixed and, problems. And you were waving people at saying, hey, your tank is done. Yeah, but hey, your tank you're, is done. You're, Excuse me, Sergeant. <laughs> your tank is finished. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it was nothing like that. This nah, is fucking like next that. level shit. Oh, it was nuts. Yeah, it was a little different. You were like, the only way I can make this even like remotely understanding to me was mm-hmm. I played Battlefield the last one <laughs> the last one that came out yeah and I don't know if you played the last one that came out yeah, yeah, but like you run out and when yeah. your tank is this like clear, nearly destroyed yeah. you press like square triangle yeah, yeah. and you just hear a wrench turning yeah, and you fix the tank and it gets shit, back. Yeah. that yeah, was yeah, you yeah. while people were shooting at you yeah yeah so um, we had to fuck man in, in, uh, in our training for being a mechanic um like i said i was also going for wrecker 
So, which is not normal. That's not something they they didn't even really open that school up very often. Yeah. But, um, we, uh, we had to learn how to, uh, you know, find a grid coordinate. We'd be given a grid coordinate for a down vehicle, not knowing what situation we're going into. We're trained to go in and secure the perimeter. Um, we had, the thing is, is like, I joined during peace, right? Peace time. So more or less. And, uh, Everybody now looks back on the military with the memory of post 9-11, right? Rah, rah, whatever. And then the fallout, whatever your political affiliations and conspiracy theory beliefs and all that bullshit you think you have in your head. And it gives you whatever your thoughts are now. But no one really thinks about the times right before that. And it seems that I'm always a little ahead of the curve. Like I was a skateboarder before it was popular. I kind of quit around the time the X Games came out, that kind of shit, <laughs> you know? So I was, I was in the army before it was cool is what I like to say, right? Yeah. Because unfortunately it was. Um, no one really cared. So I didn't want to, why would you go into the, be, be a combat specialist of any kind, infantry, whatever, um, artillery, you know, because how are you going to apply that to real life? There's, especially there's not many bef- roles you can translate that to other than law enforcement, maybe. Especially before 95, you're not taking fucking selfies in the tank no, and shit. Yeah, you're not posting it on Instagram yeah, or anything. Yeah, so, so I wanted to learn a trade, so the mechanic made sense. But while I was in Korea specifically, I, like I said, I just went hardcore into working out so to give you an idea of what we had to do to give you an idea of what i'm talking about here i kind of not, not i'm not trying to brag i'm honestly just trying to give this nah, to you as a reason why you can tell me you killed 200 motherfuckers and this is why i stood out now this is why i stood out to these particular group of people on base so um we were required to work out every morning like everyone we'd run we do all the shit so i was to there were different levels a b and c Group C being the most out of shape people, A being whatever, the highest. Um, I was way too in shape for the A group, and I expressed my frustration with them. Like, please let me make my own group. I will fucking train. Anyone wants to try and keep up with me, the only requirement is you have to keep up with me. And I called out my entire company. Nice. Yeah, my my captain was like, let's fucking do it. So I took a group of like 10 guys to go fucking do our thing and i just started destroying kids and eventually i started bringing up people people started i would go we'd go run mountains so the, the elevation there's not as bad as it is here in colorado but it's they have like eight thousand foot elevation changes and stuff mm-hmm. and i would we would run these mountains and stuff um and then i'd make them do like however many push-ups i made them do and stuff so i was doing way more brutal shit than were required and then um you know, sometimes I'd work out during lunch, sometimes, but once I got really crazy, but then I'd also work out usually after work, but I was also working my ass off. We didn't have power tools in the army, you know, we used wrenches. So we imagine these big giant vehicles, you're turning these huge wrenches as long as this table, to, you know, get the wheel off and stuff. So, so it's a little different. So I'm, then I'm also working out. So if it gives you any idea, it was pretty fucking crazy looking. And, Hell yeah. and, um, so to, so what I was getting at was, so the PT test, they call it physical training test. You had to do, it was how many pushups you could do in two minutes, how many sit-ups you could do in two minutes and how fast you could run two miles. Right. And you did them all in a row, right? Like really fairly quick. And it's all timed and regulated and shit. And you're used to it. It's done, required to be done every six months or every time you change duty stations. Right. So, um, the one that I got the highest on was I did, I think 96 pushups, 97 sit-ups on this exact same amount and then two i ran the, minutes and then i ran the two mile run in 11 25 11 minutes 25 seconds and that was after i worked out the day before pretty hard not knowing i had a pt test that day in two minutes yeah so Fuck. i had but the two mile run i did in 11 minutes and 25 seconds that's almost a five minute mile you know that's Shit. olympic runners are only barely able to crack four 
you know, and the, to make up that gap is a huge difference. That's like me and you saying both. And they're training and still, practicing for that. Yeah, and this and is you're just, just starting to do it. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't being trained by any kind of Olympic anything. Yeah. I was just a fucking runner. I was an insane fucker. Fuck. I mean, I was like a machine. You know, I felt like literally. I would, yeah, and you you just you it goes into a weird meditation. There's a Zen to it. You know, you turn your body on like as a machine and operate it like a mech almost at that point because you can't. When you're running that fast, you don't feel your legs. You don't. I, it's just fucking numb. No, the way I would do it, and you know how you like you supposedly pace yourself on runs. Not on a PT test. I would literally start out at a sprint and hold it the whole time. Puh. That's how you had to do it. So I'd start out at a dead sprint and then fucking stay. I'd try to basically kill myself. You, you know? still do that shit today? I kind of can. I'm not in that kind of shape anymore. I'm getting older. Shit's kind of going. <laughs> I did, You know, I let myself get into like, you know, you work all day and you, the older you get, yeah. you can't work out like you used to and stuff. And I was bad about partying and when I first got out and not keeping up with it as much. And I regret letting it slide, but... I'm doing fine now, you know, I don't have any really excess weight on me anymore because my diet's just such that I have to kind of eat healthy by default because I can't eat gluten or dairy. That's what I was about to ask because you, know? you said that. Yeah. Did so, you find that, did you find out about that at an early age or late? Way before it was popular, you know, so I found out I was before lactose was intolerant. <laughs> yeah, before like yeah, lactose intolerant was kind of a thing, but gluten free wasn't a thing. Like I was... I was keen to not being able to eat gluten about five years before it was even a household term. So it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, it sucks. But <clears throat> um, I also just, you know, you gotta try. You gotta ago. try out some fucking pizza, some Blaze Pizza. Have you been there yet? <laughs> I've been to it like every place in town that has gluten free pizza, pretty much. My Blaze pizza, pizza is my favorite, and they have gluten free. So. <clears throat> the best gluten free in town is hands down P thirty eights. I love that place. There's just one pizza place that I love. I, I'm pretty sure people have their differences, but it's in Manitou Springs. Oh, four twenty slice, slice four twenty. I don't know, but uh, that place is the shit. I I, I don't know who Bunch service of French dudes. I don't know who services them, but um, oh yeah, one of our cat. Yeah, that's not top somebody. Yeah, there's a yeah. I think it's called Slice Four Twenty. Is pretty nice. Like they, no, it's not that one. It's a different uh, one. I'm, Savelli's that place is good to me I really like that place their cheese breads fucking amazing everything about that place is great the pricing is really great the people are friendly yeah so to me that place is overall just awesome mm-hmm. um, what's your favorite kind of food though favorite kind of food um so let's say you were by the favorite I would have to say genre instead of a dish I'd say that it's a toss up between like good Tex-Mex or like interior Mexican uh... or or uh, barbecue, like Texas-style barbecue. So, you're you're in the middle of the spring. You're at home. You, can you tell I was in Texas? I didn't put <laughs> you're at home. You and your wife are just kicking back. Yeah. You have $200 to spend. <laughs> where, in the, where in the springs do you go to get food? Uh, well, first, we probably don't ever spend any more than 40 bucks <laughs> on any meal ever. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I don't know. We don't go to fancy places. I've, I've never liked fancy food. Me, really I'm not like that either. Yeah. I've tried it and I'm like, okay. I've got my favorite like burger place or that place or that place. Have you been you know? to uh, Bad Daddy's Burgers? No. Oh, dude, we gotta go. No. It's I fun. have to go where they have gluten-free stuff and all that shit. And so I go to Crave. Oh, I love right. Crave. Crave So gluten-free is only in bread, correct? No. Gluten is the protein in wheat. So, no. You know how like plants have cellulose fibery exterior. Yeah. So when you get a lot of fiber in your diet, you're eating the like basically the good thing the is that I know about plants because I had um, the exoskeleton of the the cells, right? Yeah. So that's made up of protein called gluten, right? And whatever, um, that shit uh, has a um, 
reaction with your gut. And because we've genetically modified wheat so much that it's not natural, it's got more um, like the milk. Like a, it's got more of like a cilia. You know what cilia are? The little tiny legged things on the inside lining of your gut. Uh huh. Like I do little, now. Like that help move the shit through your. Oh yeah, pipes. yeah, yeah. So you have you don't have Literally. shit in your guts. Yeah. So there's like microbacteria that have cilia on them that move around. They like they have little legs all over their bodies and they swim. That's called cilia. So the the gluten um, binds to the cilia and fucks your gut up. By sc- it 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 makes your body think something's attacking it kind of in a weird way. So it's. And you've been really strict on this diet for five years? Well, since, I don't know, 2009. Oh, like so almost 10. Yeah. Um, been dairy to, for even Have you been to Doghouse? I don't know. What is that? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, so there's a lot of shit I can't eat. So like, <laughs> oh, my God, this yeah. breaks my heart. Because so, like, I'm on a diet and I lost 12 pounds. And just hearing <laughs> you say it, and I don't know if I look thinner or not since when I first started. I yeah. probably don't. But... well. I mean, I when I first started working at Senta, uh, the when I started first started working at the place we were, <laughs> um, we uh, I think I weighed like well, I, was, I was about two hundred to fit two ten maybe, and um, now I'm like one seventy two, something like that. So I you were at what before? I was I was like two ten or something when I first started. Dude, that's when I first moved to Colorado, but now I'm like three weeks ago I was at two twenty. Right yeah. now I'm at two o two. 212 no 204 yeah. so like about yeah. 12 pounds or more or whatever well i try to get out and do shit too now like i've actually yeah. i've got a you know what a one wheel is no type in one oh. wheel the world is your playground real quick one wheel uh-huh. all one word like on google on, I'm, on yahoo oh, i'm sorry uh youtube yahoo i'm old as fuck oh, on youtube yeah just on youtube just right on youtube's fine oh, there's a whole shitload just one wheel and then there should be one called The World is Your Playground. Go down These? a little bit. Yeah, go down a little bit more. Yeah. Look at, click on one called The World. Yeah, that one right there. The tree out yeah, right there. That one. You have one of these? Yeah. Nice. Now, is it hard to use or no? It's different. It's basically, it's got a motor inside the tire. And Do you control it with your hand or just your no, feet? You, no, you're just leaning on it. So there's sensors uh. in the front pad and it's got a motor and it gives, mine goes uh, about 12 to 8 mile range. Nice. But it's. Um, How fast? It's you supposed to max out around 20, but you don't want to go that fast. It doesn't, yeah, trust me. And I can Especially go, on a one wheel board. Yeah, check out what this thing does. So the wheel that it's using is basically like one of those Formula One go-karts, you know, those real fast go-karts. That's what kind of tire it has on it. But oh, check out what this thing does. And they're totally silent, by the way, battery powered. So I, I go out and ride trails on this fucking thing all the time. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> on trails? Oh yeah, I go everywhere on it. It can go anywhere. How much was this? Um, with all the bells and whistles I have on mine now, I think it's probably around thirteen hundred. Okay. They're based like probably about eleven to twelve. Now explain the bells and whistles. <clears throat> okay, so that's the base model right there that he's on. See, so it's how it's got the wheel going through the board. So yeah. a lot of guys add a a fender, right? You put a fender up over the tire so it's not exposed like that. So it doesn't throw water up at you. But see, look how it just eats trails for breakfast for the most part. So there's part. a fender between your legs? No, yeah, you can't. But see, all of them are right. They're all riding the standard stock one wheel XR. And what's that, like 800 bucks? No. No, that's what I'm talking about. It's about 11, 1200. For not cheap. Stock? Yeah, they're not cheap. Fuck. But trust me, I did a fucking ton of research on these before I even thought about it. That thing is way more capable than even this video makes it look. I mean, so. from what I'm looking at it, that, that already is fucking <laughs> it's cool. I can go anywhere I want on that thing, pretty much. 
That's pretty fucking cool. And I'm just like, I just fly down trails. The stock model comes with LED lights too? Yeah, they all have that, yeah. Nice. So it immediately can turn and go backwards. It can immediately stop and go backwards. People ride them like skateboards. So like, what, look what he's doing. So you lean forward on it. To make the, <laughs> That's fucking to, dope. It shows you the rear lights. Yeah, so you lean That's on cool. it. You lean on it in whatever direction you want to go, which is anti from skateboarding. Because skateboarding, you remember when you go downhill, you want to lean back a little bit. So you yeah. fall your weight. No, on this, you, you have to lean forward to move forward. Uh-huh. You have to lean in the direction you want to go. Your legs gotta lean forward, but your body's yeah, gonna lean backwards. It's a fuckload of like core work and stuff. So, if you go to like, you can put in one wheel, Bodie Harrison, and you'll see this kid that does like a bunch of um, skateboarding tricks. So he's modified it with a plate. You put plates in the bottom so you can do grinds and what slides. One, you just put in uh, one wheel, Bodie Har- Harrison. Bodie. Like I mean, that. Alex, he's so good at this that I'll excuse his flat bill hats, but. <laughs> yeah, Bodie Harrison. But I think it'd be B O D. Yeah, that kid right there. Um, yeah, that one right there. How to turn. Uh, yeah. Maybe not how to turn. Um, but it's with his right. videos? Yeah, so he basically, like anyone, like if you go to his basic channel, yeah, you'll find him doing, like, when he's doing street tricks and shit, that really, like, he's really big into the, the street skating aspect of it. So he turns it into, like, a basically a skateboard, right? But you can kind of ride it. It's kind of a cross between a motorcycle of Segway and a skateboard. You don't do anything with your hands. You don't. Yeah, you don't control anything with your hands. It's, it's all, all lower body. Feet. Yeah, it's all lower body. It's just all. That's fucking you, cool. Yeah, that's crazy. And to ride it, you basically um, it, it kind of becomes part of you. You have to like think of it as like an extension of what you are. Like you can't <laughs> fight the thing. You can't. Have you rode those boards where you got to control it with your? Like you have a remote control thing. and it shows you how fast and how slow you go. I haven't I've done never that. Done it. Yeah, those are some of those are faster. Like there's faster electric boards out there, but everyone that's ever like you can't compare any of those to this. This is a totally different thing. Like I, I'll fly down a trail and then go and cross a bunch of fucking pavement like a champ and just do what I, I'll just go in and out of fucking gravel. Sand that's is a dope. bitch. I hate sand, but, but it works. <laughs> yeah, and it, it doesn't do great with steep inclines, right? Like. You can't go up certain inclines at a certain speed. You're, you're not going to be um, flying up San Francisco. <clears throat> not so much. I mean, <laughs> no, because but from, from what I can what see, it, it's good enough, though. Yeah, it's insane when you're actually riding one. Yeah, they're they're a whole fucking other level of crazy. That's gonna, my that's my thing now. I'm gonna play another one of my favorite songs, okay. and uh, I'm gonna just take a quick little break. And, you know, I, I'm gonna keep babbling, so you got to cut it off whenever you feel like oh, you need no, to cut it, it off. Good. Um, <laughs> don't worry about that. It's cool. We'll play a little break right now.
much uh, longer break than I expected, but... Well, you gotta come faster. And, oh yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> three, three minutes and 40 seconds yeah, was just... uh, my limit. And more whiskey. There you go. Cheers. Cheers. No, no pun intended, but you gotta quit dicking around on break. Just kidding. <laughs> That's when you go, nyah, nyah, Holy nyah. shit. Indians. You ever watch uh, Easy Rider? <laughs> Killed like half of that cup. <laughs> Uh, Easy Rider. Yeah, the movie Easy Rider. So it's um, it's Jack Nicholson's first movie, right? So the movie Easy Rider is super iconic biker movie, right? But it's like two hippies, it's Peter Fonda and um, uh, Dennis Hopper, right? They're the main stars, and it's like I said, it's one of Jack Nicholson's first movies. And uh, there's a scene where he like takes a pull of a fucking flask he has in his jacket, and he just goes, and he just turns aside and goes. Nyah, nyah, nyah. Indians, just for no reason. What the fuck? Why do you say? like a hair of the dog kind of shot in the morning, yeah. you know, first shot, first thing in the morning. And then just thing. some shit that they left yeah. in the movie. Dude, I highly recommend the movie. I could, I, I, I'll give you a list of a couple movies you gotta Please fucking do. watch. So, Easy Rider is one of them. That's badass. It's an iconic movie. It's got some. It. I'm just gonna tell you, it ends on a fucking down note. I'll give you that. <coughs> great movie, great soundtrack. Um, the movie Dream a Little Dream. Now, what's crazy about this movie is it's a Corey Haim and Corey Feldman movie, right? It's one of the last movies they did together at the very end of the 80s, and when it was still okay to look like Michael Jackson and shit. When it was still still appropriate. Yeah, it was was what you would call like a a uh, switch-em-up swap fucking people people swap identities, prop body swap Uh. concept, so... They're using some common tropes. It was Freaky Friday. Yeah, it was kind of like Freaky Friday, but picture... um, So, like, Corey Haim and this girl, like, he's got this crush on this girl, and they live in this neighborhood where they always cut through this guy's yard, right? And this old man uh, gets pissed about it and, like, always yells at him, but they just kind of think of him as this ornery old man, and they they kind of fuck with him, and they try to, you know, talk to him, but he just kind of yells at him, get off my lawn kind of thing. (laughs) But his wife just kind of laughs at it, and his best friend just kind of laughs at him. Um, but his whole deal is he's like super into meditation. He's trying to actually enter the dream state, his dreams consciously. He's trying to figure out how to do that. So basically he's trying to... Out of to, body? <clears throat> it's a lot like astral projection, I would imagine. But he's basically trying to be fully conscious in his dreams, right? That's fucking dope, now, you, I've dude. Now, I've had very, like, I, I won't get it. Like, I'll save it for another podcast. But Please, dude. Um, my, Next my, week, two with, weeks from yeah, now, with my med- Yeah, with my meditation experiences um, as such, they basically he was trying to achieve like a lucid dream state, like where you can completely control. Like basically, imagine being fucking Neo in the Matrix. You can just fly whenever you want. You can do. It. You can. You're aware completely that you're dreaming. And you can control anything in that world you want. Your imagination. It's kind of like that guy from uh, the that Marvel movie. Yeah, just just picture any crazy superpower. That's that'd be the most OP superpower I'm too ever. To right? remember. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, the movie is, he's trying to achieve this crazy thing with his meditations, right? So he's in the middle of a meditation one night when they're running through his yard and he runs into this girl, Corey Haims' character, or Corey Feldman's character, runs into this girl that he's in love with in the backyard of this house. And right when this guy's in the middle of a dream or one of his meditation sessions and his wife is also home. And when he does this, um, both women disappear, Right. They jump into his dream world, wherever the fuck that is. He also disappears, 
I take it back. No, the women, I'm sorry, the old couple disappear into the kids is what I, I guess what I'm trying to say. So the woman goes into the the little the younger girl and then, you know, the old man goes into Corey Haim's body or Corey Feldman's body. Now, in and of itself, not a profound concept, right? Just another kind of take on a switch em up movie. Now, other than the fact this guy's doing this weird meditation stuff, now, the, the discussions and some of the stuff they say in this movie now on a kid my age, <laughs> 11 or whatever I was, it was in 89, I think is when the movie came out. So I had HBO at the time and I watched it, you know, and HBO would like rerun shit constantly. It's not like select streaming shit like you can do now or whatever. But yeah, so I'd watch it every time it came on and they break, they talk about concepts in a way of like transcendental meditation, all these crazy philosophy concepts he touches on in this movie. And it sparked me going down this crazy road that we'll talk about another time but that movie just in and of itself got a lot of cheesy weird shit but if you watch it with the right mindset thinking oh i gotta watch this knowing that it's there's other shit going on in this movie if you look at it if you dissect it enough and there's some cheesy parts like fucking him straight up dancing like michael jackson (laughs) and he's okay at it and this is when Corey feldman was still in his prime i would say i'll give him that they were fucking doing a lot of coke and stuff back then too. Like yeah. they were partying a lot. Yeah, this is right before Corey Haim kind of had his, you know, downfall into drugs and shit. Got bad uh-huh. after that. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's a great one. So I'd highly recommend that. You know, fuck all yeah. day long. Dream a little dream. It's based on the the song. It's the you know the Frank Sinatra song. Dream a little dream. Oh little yeah, dream. I gotta play some Stones of that now. Yeah, and they play that throughout the whole song. Yeah, there's a, it's got a great soundtrack too. It's got a version of. Uh, uh, that blue jean Billy baby queen whatever the fuck song I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> seen her pussy um, on the nah but he's somebody that uh, yeah that's just fucking great you can't deny the uh, best of the best back in the days <coughs> depending yeah. on whatever they were involved in cause you know where they were involved in mafia and all kinds oh, of oh yeah I did shit, Frank but... was fucking mobbed up deep he was fucking sure. crazy though he's from Hoboken bro that's you know Stars shining bright above you Night breezes seem to whisper I love you Birds singing in a sycamore tree Dream a little dream of me Say nighty night and kiss me Just hold me tight and tell me you'll miss me While I'm alone it just makes you think like fuck man these people were in a different mindset <laughs> from the fucking rest blackface what is that shit is that Frank Sinatra I know I was like uh, that was a little uh, that was a little crazy come on Frank you fucking guinea so I, I will ask you for the last um, 10 minutes of the podcast left oh yeah okay let's give it 10 um, I asked Sean the same question he grew up in Florida Oh yeah, you grew up in Texas. <coughs> no, Iowa. Iowa. Fifteen years in Texas, though. Yeah, wow. I was there a long time. So that was a big part of your life. Yeah, my, my entire adult life, more or less. So, <coughs> I want to know what it was like growing up um, with the word <coughs> nigga. Oh yeah, so I heard this discussion <laughs> was cracked me up because <laughs> because it, it reminded me of. Uh, and it's not fair because you already know my take. Yeah. Well. Okay. So. So, long story short, 
there was a back when the Rodney King thing happened. Yeah. Um, there was a what year lot was of racial that? that I don't remember nineties whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. It was like it would have been right before I went to high school because in junior high there was like a there was a big race riot at my school right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was ah, actually I don't even get into that story. It's too fucking long to remember. But yeah, back when that was all going on, I I I was into like you know Public Enemy and some of the more like controversial <laughs> stuff. But I wasn't like real deep into it. Crazy music. But yeah, I was. I appreciate that culture way more than fucking the average Dubuqueer. Let's just say. And even though it's a fairly, it's an odd town. There's a lot of racist fucks there. I'm sure still there, but. At the time, it wasn't great, but these Ku Klux Klan guys tried coming in at one point and starting shit and everything. It was just dumb. So it was a thing that was there, but it wasn't as brutal as down south. This is the Midwest, after all. So they're a little more like racist behind your back kind of thing, more than mm-hmm. anything. But this shit was getting overt, and it was in your face, and it, it, it blew up. And it since chilled out to some extent, but the town is now different. You know, it's, it's, it's gotten integrated, and there's a lot of shit, different shit going on there. Um, but the word nigger, right? So <clears throat> I, 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 I get like, or nigger. okay, so let me just, I, this is, <laughs> this is one of the ideas I had. So back to the army. So when I was in the army, especially basic training, I was, no holds barred. I was slapped into a, like I was in there with guys from everywhere around the country. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're in a crucible where you're meant to be like, you're being trained to be killers. Let's not parse yeah. words. You know, they'll try to dehumanize it and call them the enemy, but you're fucking trying to kill people. Yeah. So, they're training you to be all aggro, but also work together, right? Kind of. You know, be a family, but murder. But yeah, but like, yeah, but yeah, so everyone's like, behind the scenes, everyone's real brutal to each other. It's really kind of, the hardest part of the military is dealing with the other dickheads that are there if you don't have cool people in your unit, right? So like work. the most, so I will say this, honestly, the worst, most overt racism I've ever fucking seen was from black guys in my unit towards me in particular and a few other guys because I was very very different as a white guy like I was you know I I don't fucking try to bullshit people and pretend I like sports I fucking hate sports always did I don't like dogs I'm not a fan of dogs right (laughs) I love cats and I like fucking good music but but I also love guns I could sit here rattle off about fucking ballistics all day you know so, so you're just a little bit of everything I'm a, yeah I don't make fucking sense dude I'm <laughs> no, a little bit cool, too though. everywhere that's yeah. cool though so I'm a, definitely what you call a ronin like a masterless fucking you know like I have no leader I'm a leaderless master of nothing you know uh-huh. kind of a jack of all bullshit <laughs> but um, so with the word nigger uh, I, I I don't use it never had a reason to I even like tried to put myself in that mind space at a young age just to try and use it in a racist way to see what it felt like and it felt dumb and weird I'm like why do people even do this and I never said it to anyone I just tried to say it in a way that like a conversational way because you fucking just hear it dude I mean my town was very segregated and racist and they were shut off for the most part in that town for a long time like there was other smaller towns in Iowa that were getting more black people in it than we were it was weird but when it so this is how um, small my man my mindset is. Keep talking. You'll, so yeah, you'll see it right so now. The how word stup- itself, you'll see how stupid I am right now. Yeah. So the word itself, I of course understand all the connotations to it. I'd never bring it up. You know, I think it should be completely okay to use it for re- <laughs> reference. Like you should be able to say the word nigger without saying. You know, like I wouldn't say you fucking nigger. That's horrible. You know, because that's a horrible thing to say to someone, right? But if I'm just saying. You know, this guy used to be called this or that. And if you use the word nigger in passing, like in a, like a contextual story sense, I don't think people need to pussyfoot around that and be say the N-word, you know. Yeah. Oh, the N-word. All this fucking pussyfying <laughs> of America needs us up. But 
That being said, uh, yeah, it's ignorant. I don't think there's any real good reason to use it. I think it's dumb to fucking be intolerant and whatever. So, yeah. But so these guys would say, okay, the word, like, they would try to say, oh, yeah, the word nigga is okay to say. And they would try to give me their reasoning for it, you know. So this would be anywhere from, like, some country bumpkin black dude I knew from somewhere down south to some fucking kid from Harlem trying to explain to me why. You know, why they, it's okay for them to use all that shit, but like the, if you put an ER sound at the end, and that's the first time I heard that concept. Okay, I get it. Whatever. That's mm-hmm. the way you want to use the word. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. It's just a goddamn word. You, I can make all yep. kinds of goddamn sounds that don't mean a fucking thing. But if I looked at you and said, I'm just making fucking noises, but it's the context of my fucking facial motions. I'm saying, yeah. fucking whatever. But if I use the, a word you do know, because it's a language we both kind of understand. It's an understanding our weird fucking monkey brain said, oh, my brain's going to make my mouth make this noise and you're going to know what it means for some fucking weird magical reason. Right? Like we, so, we've gotten as far it's as... It's just a word, dude. We've gotten as far as... I've seen a couple of videos online where people um, say negro. And I obviously... You already know that I'm yeah. fluent in Spanish. Yeah. That, we all know that negro literally is... Black. Yeah, in black in Spanish yeah. and this video report like that's racist no it literally means black in Spanish yeah it literally There's does no other yeah, way for me to explain it yeah my Spanish is such that it <laughs> I heard a woman <laughs> I heard a woman actually say in a restaurant or yeah where it was somewhere down in Texas she did, oh, like a okay. Texas accent she's like I don't know Spanish, but I know margarita. In other words, and I knew what she meant by that because I guarantee you most people know how you could go. I could go into any fucking no English speaking fucking restaurant in Austin and be able to order the food and be able to deal with the wait staff just fine. I can do enough there. I can get by enough in those situations, you know, because most people know how to order food in those places. And if you pay attention, you can, you know, fucking how to be respectful enough, not be a douche, you know, but, um, at the same time, it's, I'm not fluent or anything. I just can't now, pick up on stuff. Now that I have you, this, <laughs> the stereotypes here, how big are they compared to somewhere where I come from? Like, stereotypes for, like, um, mowing the lawn. Is that, a stere- yeah. is that a stereotype that you've heard of? Of course, dude. Um, yeah. Selling, yeah, selling like fruit. Head start on you. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. And I saw it, though, dude. I mean... <laughs> I saw it too. <laughs> All right. Well, you. I, I'll give you a quick army story. So I did a mission one time. It was um, the closest thing to a. Well, I guess you could call it top secret. There's a, there is a ranch down on the border, right outside of Laredo, Nuevo Laredo, on the Texas side, and it was a ranch that I think was about ninety-seven thousand uh, square mile ranch. It's fucking huge, right? That was a smaller. That was one of his ranches. The driveway is seven miles long. Now, the reason I'm telling you about this is because on that ranch, there's a there's a small military garrison that helps out the border patrol. Now, the thing is, based on the Geneva Convention, you're not allowed to actually interact with any. You're not a, you're not allowed to do certain things. There's very strict rules about the military operating within the continental United States, right? Yeah. So that being said, as soon as someone crosses the border. They're immediately considered a citizen of the United States until we can prove otherwise. That's the way you have to think of it. So even if you saw someone going across the coming across the border, you're not allowed to fucking do shit. Yeah. Right? So on bad. this mission, you remember I was a mechanic, so I was just there to support the few vehicles that had wheels on them, right? Meanwhile, it was a, I was in a squadron of it was a cavalry squadron, so helicopters, not horses anymore, helicopters. So there's a bunch of spy helicopters and shit that we we're supporting. 
and they would fly the border and help out the border patrol spot people with their equipment and it was just them to train on how to find you know fucking Taliban or whatever eventually what it would eventually become you know what I mean mm-hmm. it was how to track people and shit so our our squadron was very very good at what they did so their job was just only to report to the uh, border patrol I'm like hey we see people crossing here hey we see people we responded to your motion sensor over here we you know that's all they were doing that's the whole mission but we weren't allowed to fucking tell anybody what we were doing there we were there for almost a month so it's not top secret, but it's a semi like a secret mission, I guess technically. So we when we went into town, we couldn't tell people what we were doing or that we're in the military and shit, um, which we did very little anyway. But so as mechanics, we had to go test drive the vehicles to get them ready to go back because we like I said, we'd been there a month. We were beating them up pretty good, and uh, we see guys walking by our base like on our prop. Like they would get onto this guy's property because you know those fucking ranches. I mean, what's a fence when you're just trying to get? away from fucking hell right mm-hmm. so you get to a point where like you see these guys and you feel bad because they're out in the middle of nowhere but you're not allowed to fucking make contact with them the only thing we were allowed to do is if they attacked us for some crazy reason which would never fucking happen it'd be so unlikely we're allowed to defend ourselves and our equipment but that's about it yeah you know so uh we had no desire to fucking to fuck with these guys but we knew that they must be scared of shit because they just came out of like a fucking bunch of bushes and saw this military base there and see us standing there in military gears watching them we're just laughing because we're like (laughs) like kind of twitching at them like and they're walking like fuck dude let's just let them go and then um the guy i was with he was kind of my predecessor to the wrecker that i drove godzilla so he is he's kind of a redneck asshole yeah he's kind of a redneck (laughs) asshole right so he's like Hey man, we got test drive these Humvees. Let's fucking go down and see if those guys left the property or whatever. So we're talking on our on the radios, right? Which means I want to go kill them. <clears throat> Which means we're, we're talking on the radios. No, he didn't want to go kill them or nothing. Oh, he just okay, wanted okay. to fuck with them because he knew that if he saw, because we had to, the thing was is we had to test drive these vehicles, and they just happened to be probably on the road we were going to drive down anyway. So we knew we were going to freak them out, but we we talked about it ahead of time. Like, dude, if we see them, fucking just avoid it. Like, we can't. We might stop and go around them or whatever, but don't fucking chase them or anything yeah because we're not there's no point you know we're not it's not like we can do anything anyway and that's just going to provoke them if something not if worth they it. do have a weapon or something whatever so uh we go hauling ass down this road and sure enough they see us come and they start running anyway and we can't <laughs> help it so we're just like fuck it and they go up this one road and we're like well fuck we gotta make sure that did they jump over the his fence or whatever so we turned and went up this road and these poor guys like it was the humvees that, actually these were our plain clothes vehicles that these, these were actually uh two suburbans now that i think about it these two vehicles the first one and these poor guys jump a fence and take off. My like, fuck suck, you know, whatever. And then we go back and we actually did that same kind of thing with the Humvees. There's a couple more guys, like when we went down the road. And I felt bad because, like, that was like my, uh, I wouldn't say introduction into like the situation that Texas is facing, but it kind of was. I knew it was already there, but to see what they have to go through and know what the fuck's going on, and we're yeah. just dicking around. But imagine like people that are really trying to catch them and shit. And I know what the situation is because honestly. They need to fucking end the drug war. Let's face it. We got to fucking fuck all the like dumb shit that's going on with this and that. Oh, they're taking our jobs, whatever. No, who cares? <laughs> it's because they want to live in a fucking hell. That hellhole. always reminds me of South Park. They're taking their jobs. Yeah. I'm so happy that you know yeah. about that. Oh, I could quote everything from South Park. So, <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's like it's evident that, yeah, the drug war has to end. We have to, if anything, yeah. we should be fucking helping out the countries on our border yep. and, like, you know. 
at the very least, just fucking take over Mexico. Like, what? Yep. You know, you got to be it's have really a military action. Because guess how small that fucking southern border gets on the southern border of Mexico? It's a lot smaller than Mexico's northern border. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised that fucking United States hasn't tried that yet. But I, I wouldn't want to see that happen. Of course, I'm just saying, it's it's tragic. I mean, I yeah. was down on the border. I was actually in a militia for a time. Um, it's, that's another weird long story, but it's not. Trust me, it's not some kind of weird racist militia. It's literally <laughs> by the strict rules of the Constitution's way of forming and, you know, conducting militia activity, whatever. But um, for a time, and we almost had a reality show based on us and shit. It was really uh, weird. Yeah, it was a long, that's a weird story too. But we. Um, that's for another podcast. Yeah, but there. They, they, we found out that this guy was eventually trying to, like, he's basically trying to rub the, rob the drug cartels. And he was gonna do this on the show, apparently, in some kind that of way. That doesn't even sound right. It was right. insane, and yeah, it was. It sounded like a weird setup. Like, so we got the fuck out. It sounded like there's a Fed implanted that was trying to set us up for some weird shit. We're like, oh, we're not hanging out with you fuckers anymore. It's not <laughs> about just like defending our country if shit gets weird. It's more about you being a fucktard and you're gonna get us all in trouble. So, <laughs> yeah. And besides, I don't want to go fucking with a bunch of people on the border. No, nah, it's know? not I even mean, worth it. I mean, I understand the mentality because there are a lot of fucking problems. They tax the yeah. system because they no, have to. They're desperate. Bad. Yeah, the healthcare system's fucked. My wife and I, before she was my wife, she had a really bad medical situation. We had no money. We're broke as fuck. Yeah. But she couldn't get into this clinic because it was overrun with the illegal immigrants. That It was like one of those free clinic type places run by the fucking whatever state or whatever. And unfortunately, she like couldn't fucking get in because all these people that we're more or less breaking the law. Took it already. Technically, but let's face it, they're breaking the law for a good fucking reason. They're refugees, yeah. more or less. More more than anything else, they're refugees from a fucking war zone, dude. Yeah. So, I get it, but it's unfortunate because that that, it, that does cause a problem. And yeah, it's it the does. unfortunate, you know, elephant in the room that no one wants to admit. It does, it's not like they're fucking going out of their way to fuck us over. But I no. think, if anything, like the abs- absolutely the cis- the pathway to citizenship needs to be streamlined and it needs to make more sense and be more accessible and you know just bring people out of the woodwork be like hey just come out dude fucking you know we're not gonna fucking send you home just come out <laughs> be counted be part of the system and participate let's fucking do this man we need everyone yeah. here fucking participating because you know because they also have the problem if they want to fly under the radar so when they have an emergency situation they're afraid to call it cops and that can cause problems because then they can be in fucking horrible danger because they don't want to fucking get police involved to help them out because i think they'll get deported you know that kind of shit yeah. sucks you know i can't imagine what it's like to live like that i mean i can't imagine being That's fucking in that, scary in reverse you know it, to have that in reverse can you imagine trying to fucking go live in a country you don't know the language and you're there fucking everyone's hostile to you you don't know what the fuck you're doing half the time it's like all i can do is i can i can, I can work my ass off if you let me <laughs> just don't let me fucking get sent back i mean it's brutal you know it is. I think uh, we've right we've yeah. reached a good yeah we've um, reached a good end. We've reached a good end at this point. Um, I'll tell you a joke if I had one ready, but I don't think I have. <laughs> I would like to um, thank you very much for being a part of this whole thing right here. This mm-hmm. whole this whole mess that I have going on. Ah, you're pulling um, it off, bro. More than I can I'm gonna say. keep going as far as I can. Um, I'm going to have a lot more people on, but you and Sean and everybody else that has been on Gene Art, I thank you guys for being on. I can't wait for any of you guys to be back on. I'm super buzzed right now. (laughs) 
Ooh, it's fucking you'll gone. Be you'll be fine. Oh, I hope so. This little... Ooh, yeah. I, I, two cups of that shit. <laughs> Alright, yeah, for sure. I'll, ri- I'll ride you down the stairs. You'll probably be limp enough and I'll just sit on your belly and just ride you down the steps. <laughs> Hey, you got enough of them here. That chair right there <laughs> leans back like a fucking bed. You're, nice. you're good to stay. But two oh, cups, no, of, I'm good. Two cups of this shit. I'm, I'm done. Um, any Ooh. final thoughts from you? No, man. I just appreciate you letting me come on and talk some shit, tell some dumb war stories and whatnot. I'll come nah, back. Man. I'll not, blow your mind. I'll, 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 I can talk about all kinds of random shit. Like, not I, dumb I at all. And I'm pretty sure a lot of, of the, a lot of the listeners um, appreciate you being here and. <laughs> They love that you've been here, and I don't know. Overall, they love that you're here. They want to keep listening to a lot of the shit that you've been saying. So <laughs> I thank you for being here. All right. You need to come back. Yeah, I'm down, dude, whenever. Thank you. I appreciate that. And is, is this lotion really mine? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not kidding. It actually has caffeine in it. I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, I have a weird tolerance to certain shit, so <laughs> I think I've felt the caffeine buzz when I've used it. You know, yeah. like you put it on your hands and then, like, around those blood vessels in your wrist, like, yeah. it does kind of jump in your bloodstream. I think it probably does work. So try it when you're feeling, like, before you try coffee or anything in the morning, like, just try it when you wake up. But I was, I don't know, imagine jerking off with it. It's got to be pretty <laughs> awesome, too. I don't know if that does anything extra, but... You go to sleep and you're well. awake. Yeah, it's like your <laughs> dick just fucking, it says, It stays up all night Can't with you. <laughs> so I'm gonna play the song. Obviously, right. you've probably heard it on the other podcast, but I love the song. It just <laughs> has to reminisce with a lot of the people who listen to it. So, right. any final thoughts from you? No, let's keep the hits coming. Thank you guys again. This is uh, Below the Roof. My name is Ruben, and I have Chris Blankenship, badass motherfucker last name. So I thank you guys for sticking with us again, and I'll be sure to be a lot more active on my social media. And um, thank you, and have a good night. Bye bye. <laughs> Jerome, Jerome, put on that Bobby Womack. Nah, girl, I wanna go way back. Oh yeah, check this out. I was a kid again Back in the days When I was just a little nigga I looked up to my bigger bro Begged if I could kick it So when he went out with girls I could go tagging along Nagging If she had a sis Maybe could mac a baby hood rat Y'all remember way back then When it was 1985 All the way live I think I was about 10 One of those happy little niggas Singing the blues That be always trying to bag With the shag And karate shit Saying yo mama black His mama this His mama that Then he get mad And want to scratch we stay mad about 10 minutes, then it's like back on a bike To play hide and go get it with the younger house By the bungalows, then switch to playing ding dong ditch When that gets old and too cold to hack it Threw on a bomber jacket, you could tell the ballers Cause they fell wearing gazelles If they really had money raised, we sport knee case And all the girls had they Turkish link If it broke, then they made earrings to it Like they meant to do it But sometimes I still sit and reminisce Then think about the years I was raised 
Back in the day, back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. And everybody back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid And everybody say, I remember wish I was a And everybody say, I I'm still back in the days, but now the year is 87, 88. That's when my crew and I were in junior high and seventh grade. I hated school and shit had grown up. No doubt I couldn't wait to get out and be a grown up. But let me finish this reminiscing and telling about when girls were spelling tight corduroys like for the boys, basket weeds, Nike Cortez and footsie socks, and eating pickles with Tootsie Pops, and it don't stop. I'm glad cause when JJ Fad did supersonic It was kinda like a sport To wear biker shorts or to wear jeans And it seemed like the masses of hoochies Had poison airbrushed on their asses Dudes had on Nike suits And the boot was with the fat laces Cause it was either that or K-Swiss I missed those days And so I pout like a grown jerk Wishing all I had to do now Was finish homework It's true, you don't realize Really what you got till it's gone And I'm not gonna sing another sad song But Sometimes I do sit and reminisce and think about the years I was raised back in the day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. And everybody back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid And everybody back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid everybody I remember way back when And everybody say I remember way back when And everybody say I remember way back when What? Back in the days When? Back in the days Well it's the nigger I figure that now I'm all grown up Because I'm 18 years old And guess you could say I'm holding down A steady job and crew steady mob And you steady bob in your head And I came so I got it made But didn't always have clout Used to live in South Central LA That's where I stayed and figured a way out I gave it all I had so for what it's worth I went from rags to riches Which is a drag but now I'm first So yeah, We said that we was gonna make it since a kid And we finally did but Sometimes I still sit and reminisce and think about the years I was raised back in the day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. And everybody back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid And everybody say, I remember way back when. And everybody say, I remember way back when.